Hello. <laughs> Hi. I'm, <laughs> Hi, I'm Auntie AK. No, this is all wrong. Hello, welcome to Your Aunties Could Never, episode 39. I'm Auntie AK and I'm here with Auntie Farah, <laughs> Auntie Nana, and Auntie Shade. How are you? How are you, my ladies? <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm good. good. On a scale of one to ten. Oh, I'm a ten. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a solid eight. I'm five. I'm on like a... I'm inside, I'm a 10, and outside, I'm a 4.2. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I'm just tired. Anyway, welcome, 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 everybody watching. It's your aunties could never. And who are we welcoming to the family today? Let's welcome Letitia Wright to the family, because the thing is, we talked a lot about, what's that one, Lover's Rock last week, but I don't think we mentioned just how brilliant she was in the Small Axe Mangrove film. And, you know, she, every time I see her, I just feel like she's really, really just getting better and better. And I just see her being big. She's going on to big, bigger and better things. And there's a lot of chat about whether or not she's going to be the Black Panthers. I fully support it. If anyone's going to do it, it should be her. So, yeah. Welcome to the family, Letitia. I think you're brilliant. Welcome, Letitia. Welcome. She's a good one. I love that. And she's a Scorpio. So Ugh, I take it back. I don't. <laughs> Okay, okay. So what is she? She's a niece or an auntie? No, no, she's not definitely not an auntie. She's a niece or a sister or a cousin. She's a niece. She's pretty she's young. Yeah, she's a niece. She's a niece. She's what a is she, like 27? Yeah, no, she's in a... Is she 27? No, not 27, but she's definitely no, in her 20s. Or 25 or something. She's a niece. Oh, wow, she's a young... Oh, lovely. No, she's brilliant. Super talented. Yeah, super talented. So, yeah, welcome. Super talented. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into what we what have we heard? What's in the what's what's going on in the news? I think the first person's story, which is going to be so exciting to discuss, Ati Shade. So my story is about a little old Instagram <laughs> profile called Independent Black Businesses, highlighting promoting black businesses, which you know on the service sounds great. That's what we need, all that good stuff. However, it seems that the, the account owner has been revealed as a white lady, which was, to many people was very confusing because the owner, when she was having conversations, people say she was having conversations with black women, she'll be referring to things as we and us and, you know, using things like black emojis and everything. Really, really confusing. Maybe a little bit deceptive as well because she kind of really kept her identity a secret. So my question is, her name's Helen. Has Helen from Brighton and Hove, has she done anything wrong? And does her intent, uh, her, let me say, does her proposed intent outweigh her negative impact of her actions? You know what, I'm so, I don't really know where I stand on this because oh, I don't know. I've, I've been reading through the comments, I kind of, understand what her maybe super arching intention was but it's so weird it's so like why would you lie why would you use language like you wasn't a white woman like really if she really wanted to be an ally I feel like there is a real way that she could have done it and she didn't have to show her face but it could have been a white woman actively like when I say buy black she could have actively been like this is a part of equity we need to support black businesses like it could but there was something really underhand 
about it that was like, I don't understand. What I'm not getting is what's the play? Like I didn't get what she was getting. Or is she like a Rachel Dolezal when she feels that she has a black woman trapped inside her? Like I don't I didn't get it. I wanted to really hear her words more than anything. She intrigues me to find out what is this because she isn't alone and there seems to be this type of white woman allyship that is like a bit insane for lack of a better word. It's like in order to be a part of it you insert yourself like you are it. It's just strange, I'm not sure. I'm interested to see where our conversation goes because I'm really baffled about this. The problem for me is that she just wasn't straightforward. If she was straightforward and just said, yeah, look, I'm a white woman and I find I want to support the black by black cause and all of this stuff. And, and here's a list of things. But she's gone about it in this backhanded way. And then because she's been caught out, she's come out and I am a white woman. It's, it's just it's just a little bit fuckeries to me. It's, yeah, I'm a bit confused as to what her purpose was, because is it because she's making money? Because there's money in it, isn't there? There's a lot of these black directories out right now and there's a lot of money in it. So maybe she's chosen to, to do a black directory because there's more money in it than something else that she would, you know, might have thought about doing. There's not very many of them out there, are there? I suppose, promoting British businesses. So she probably thought, I'm going to jump on this bandwagon and I'm going to milk it. First thing I thought when I saw it was like, get the fuck out of here, please, woman. I'm not interested in what you had to say. Your apology was whack. It was one of them long rambling, oh, I'm so sorry, and I didn't, my intention. I actually painstakingly choose my emoji. The dark emoji, once we all got the colour emojis, I chose my dark one to represent my arm or my fist or my hand, all this type of stuff. You consciously misled us. Don't try at like, because I don't think any way you can spin this. Like, I'm a white woman from Brighton. Well, actually, no, maybe she could spin this. She could have been up front and said, look, I'm a white woman from Brighton and Ho, which is a big giveaway, that, you know, I really want to support the black businesses in my area because Brighton and Ho, quite white, and I really want to shine some light on anyone in Brighton who's doing stuff. She could have spun it in such a way, and she could have been face front and then showed herself interacting with black businesses and grown her thing like that. I just don't believe that it was an innocent stumble upon. Is money in it. There's money in it to create a black directory because this is what we're, lack we're lacking. We, we need a list of people. We need it on all sorts. That's why I do the British Blacklist. There's this thing of needing black visibility. And of course, there's money in it. And especially when it comes to Instagram, you put up the right post, the right black emojis and the right black sisterhood quotes, then you're good to go. And everyone, you know, will get on board. So needing this kind of reinforcement and visibility. She's lying, she's lying, because she got caught out, she's trying it, I don't buy it. There were lots of people celebrating her, and at, at first she was responding to only the people that were com complimenting her, and I thought that was a crock. Then people started calling her out saying, look, why are you only responding to the people who are bigging you up and saying thank you for your service? And then she started to try to do Miss Humble Humble, and it just didn't work for me. Someone said, and that was my immediate reaction, shut this shit down, you don't need it, because there are so many other directories that are starting, you, when you have Black Pound Day, you've got other directories. As a black white woman, be yourself a white woman. A black white woman. <laughs> As a white black white woman. <laughs> that was such a Freudian slip. And the British Rachel, Rachel Dolezal. As a white woman from Brighton, what you should do, shut that business down, because she said she's going to join forces with a black person to help run this. No. Hand it over to the black person and do your bit of benevolence like that. What you can do is have your white page and just say, hey, 
I'm going to tag a black business every week or every day and then do that. And that's all. If you make money like that, still not happy with it, but it's better than you pretending that you're independent black businesses with your black emojis. Allow it. I, I'm so not interested in what, what she has to say. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I totally agree with that that sentiment like I agree I think there are you know other directories out there and I think that there's sometimes there is this whole kind of like savior complex not just with white people just just like oh I didn't see anything out there so I I created my own thing well how hard did you look do you know what I mean that that's my my thing because you know Jamie's been going for a very long time now you know Black Pound Day was born out of this thing they've got massive sponsors like it's not hard to find them by black globals out there there's a few do you know what i mean yeah. so if you've done your research then you would have been able to find them and it is that it's just like you don't have to pretend to be something that you're not in order to help another community that's basically it and also as well i think it makes it lose legitimacy yeah. I, I think because it's like so in order for you to support this, you have to become something else. What message is that sending to other people? I don't support that. I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit and just say, we don't need her on the show because we've already heard from her. We've, seen, we've heard from her in her comments, yeah? And even the way that she's done her post, so sensationalized. Oh, look, I'm white, swipe, and there's me with a coffee. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, seriously, it was almost like a mockery of it. This is not a playful thing. Black women are constantly robbed of opportunities constantly the whole time and we're constantly fighting and is this woman has basically done that again and put this face on of like i'm just trying to help i'm just trying to promote sorry we don't need help like that do you know what i mean like maybe you need to do more research and maybe read the books that you're promoting do you know what i mean and then if you did that maybe you wouldn't be in this position that you're in the other thing that was concerning me that i could see in the comments i didn't have the time to dig deeper into this but there was people saying that she was promoting other white owned businesses that sell to black people. Do you know what I mean? So that to me is not, that's not authentic to me. That changes the meaning of what the page is. If you are an authentic person, then full transparency. There should be no reason to hide who you are. There shouldn't be at all. So that's why I just think, nah, it's just bullshit. You spend it well. Maybe you've got some help from your friends or other people that support you. We all know not everybody, you know, not all skin folk are king folk. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not surprised there are black people standing for her. Go ahead. And also as well, sorry, my last point on this is just, <laughs> I hate this whole thing of like, you know, well, she supported us and I've got so much traffic. Go to your Black-owned platforms that can support you and bring you traffic as well. Do you know what I mean? Just because a white woman's behind it doesn't mean, shouldn't give it more validity. It's just very, I'm very passionate about this one. But yes, it's very, <laughs> it's very I, I match your energy, word for word, bar for bar, toe to toe, row for row. It is what it is. I can't, I, I'm not interested. And I don't know if you guys, I think, I don't know if we spoke about it. Company made with Melalyn Co. I can't be waiting to call yeah. this they've been dming all the black businesses and i believe that they're white go to your instagram now they're called made with melanin co and i, I blocked them because i'd like leave me alone they messaged and said hey something like take a picture and we can promote your page and i've asked are you a black company how does being a brand ambassador work i've asked all the questions and then they just come back with an automate automated response and um, we're so happy we've reached out have you heard of us before and only when you <laughs> ask questions about what they are 
So they're like, I'll tell you a little about us. I started Made With Melanin last year. Our mission is to spread empowerment education. I, and her name's Amber, the person that's contacted um, the account. They, can't, they contacted um, your aunties could never and um, British Blacklist. And I said, are you black, Amber? Which organizations do you donate to? What empowerment? None of your posts tag black people. So if you take a picture, it doesn't seem to tag any of the people. So if I was to take a picture and send it to them, I, they haven't tagged anybody. I don't see any real accounts. Or, I don't know if they're using the technology, the technology that we talked about last week, um, <laughs> AI fake people. It's all very weird. And then it's just, there's just no response. I, I, I can read through the whole thing. They just totally did not answer the question, are you black owned? I asked about... 45 times. This is the message. <laughs> <laughs> I need to screenshot that. <laughs> like, literally, this is going back and forth. Are you black? No, they're not. not. They're, not. They're, they're really not. They're really they're not. on our black pain, our black suffering, our black vulnerability. I don't even know how to justify it. I just, I don't want to say, because this is, you know, I get into this with doing stuff for British Blacklist when there's a conversation about should black, should white people tell black stories? There's a freedom to do what the frick you want. You have a business idea, but there's, I just think there's a social moral responsibility to certain things. Just leave it alone. I just don't think you need to touch certain things. You're broke in Brighton. It's fine. There's so many other things. You could do a directory of white women who like coffee. I don't know. There's so many things you can do a list of. Why step into this space? But that's the thing. Is it an issue for a white woman to do a directory for black own businesses i don't feel like there is can you yeah can you explain why it's not like it didn't feel genuine like it didn't feel like she literally has a real affinity to what she was promoting so it just felt like she was picking out the popular companies and getting one of their best pictures and she was creating a really nice grid now somebody who is authentically interested really into equity I feel like the page would have been created in a different way and you would have got a sense of their personality and maybe they are interested in the prince or the craftsmanship or you know they'd even done like a gap year in flipping Uganda or somewhere oh, like, no. something no but that's still somebody's story though and I'm not going to take that away from them because it's their human journey and you know shit happens but she didn't even have that. It really just felt like I'm creating this page and maybe it is for money. But also what I kept on thinking is, do white women actually know what allyship is? Or are they just flying in the wind? That's why I would like to hear from her properly, like a conversation. Like really, are you like a bit insane, ignorant, insensitive, or was there some real, I don't know, some business aim that she had for herself. I actually don't want to come off ignorant, to be honest, you know what I mean? Because I do believe in, I do ultimately believe in healthy conversation, but I think that you have to do the work though. I can't have a conversation with you if I've done the work and you you haven't done the work, because then it's almost like you're default in relying on me to educate you, to see something, and you're not willing to actually take the time, the effort, the energy, to actually get there. And I think things like this are a shortcut to that. It is like, to be honest, going to Kenya, going to Uganda and building a well for a week and then feeling good about yourself. This is effectively, as a business model, quite a simple thing to do that you can do. At yeah, home, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying it's not, it's not effective and it can grow. And obviously there are challenges with it and stuff, but you're not doing the actual work on dismantling 
racist systems and ideologies. That's You're it. not doing it. You are not that's doing it. it. That's exactly. Okay. Yeah. There's a gray area in what white people are allowed to do or not do. And I, I definitely don't want to say that. I don't want, I don't speak for anybody. I won't even speak for my child because she's lied to me before. And I've just, <laughs> so it happens, you know what I mean? So I don't speak for nobody, just myself. I'll throw your hand in the fire. So I don't, I don't even like the word allyship. I really feel because it's along those faddish words now, white, male, pale, and still. Ali, I just can't stand all the buzzwords that these, these situations throw out. But I have had very nice white people support me on my journey with the British Backlist. Great interactions. And the people that who I've interacted with are just genuine. They're not embarrassed. I don't even want, I always say to them, when we have these diversity conversations, I'm like, first and foremost, do not act like you're ashamed to be white, because that makes me think you're a liar and you're already a fraud. What I want you to do is come with your confidence, be who you are, be proud of your history, be acknowledging of the bad bits of your history if that's where the conversation's going. But don't be like, you know, oh, I'm a white woman, I just want to help, or I'm a white man, I just want, I don't want all that stuff. Just be face to face, mono and mono, as they say, and let's talk real talk and come with your ignorance, but honest ignorance. I don't understand this, so please explain to me. I will give you the real talk on answer and stuff like that. I, as you guys have said, she didn't, I, it just seemed like an easy, ah, get rich quick scheme, light bulb moment, I'm gonna do this. And maybe somewhere in there, there's some interest, maybe somewhere, but then maybe she also saw, ah, oh, this is making me money and I can make money off of this. Because it's just it's just the deception. She could have put her face front and forward. And that's that part of where she probably thought, oh, as a white woman, I'm not allowed to do it. So if you had any reservations, do the research first, then you would have been able to do a page that was confidently who you are, because you would have actually sat down and had conversations with people and real conversations, not just your friends in Brighton, your black friends in Brighton who may not have had how long she had this? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think it was from May. It's taken down now. I just tried to find yeah, it. I just tried to look for it and couldn't find it. That's why I asked. Um, <laughs> it was there definitely an hour ago. I should have taken yeah, it. Yeah, it was. That, um, she had it since May. Yeah. So it's just all too convenient. If she was so interested, how come she waited until everything was heightened? You know, when, when all the marching was going on, George Floyd, all of that yeah. stuff. Black Pound Day came into effect. All of these things. Why did she wait for that point? If you've always had an interest in this, and surely that's something that we should be able to see from you. So, yeah, it's just dodgy, man. It's proper, as Auntie Nana's um, top says, fuckery. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I need that, by the way. <laughs> I send you up. Let's get some comments. Um, okay, so everyone's saying hi, hi people. Me says uh, nothing confusing about it. Call us, call it a spade. This is digital blackface. It's just as offensive. She should hand the account over to a black person. As with her running it, it can't be trusted. Very true. And also goes on to say you should invite her on the show to get her side of the story. Well, I don't know if you're doing that one, but anyway, <laughs> 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 of course. <laughs> so Camille looked on the melanin page. Oh yeah, yeah. The oh, melanin yeah. page is super popping. Like they've got a lot of people. Really? It's so offensive. None of those people know. It's it's so not black owned. Absolutely, is not black owned. It's probably owned by um like one of the cotton factories, maybe China, maybe Bangladesh. But, you know. Yeah. Because the queer says they're selling t-shirts for forty-four pounds. Black Lives Matter. Then, listen. I want to show. I'm so. I block. I'm so angry. I wish the block would hurt them. They got four hundred and ten followers. They're following everybody in the world, and they're DMing. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Just suspicion, man. Wow. We're big business, as they know. Online blackface, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. But then, okay, well, Akoya kind of poses a question. Would you pretend or have you ever pretended not to be black? <laughs> Do you know Ladies need to pretend to be white, pretend to be black. That's quite interesting. I haven't ever done that. No. Anything closer to that is, yeah, some women authors choose masculine or non-gender binding yeah. names because male authors tend to do much better than women authors. So there's that hiding behind a name. But never, I mean, there's no way in my world that I've actually had to pretend to be white or felt I needed to pretend to be white because I, I mean, I just don't even know what part of me could hide it. Yeah. You know what, actually, when we were doing the, the parties with Meant to Excel, we never actually did it, but we did talk about this all the time to have a, a front white person to go and get the venues. The best that we came up with was I would go and get the venues because as a female, it was a little bit better than any of the black guys going but yeah we d definitely did conversate about it a lot like maybe we should get one of our dj friends to go and book it and and it would probably be easier we wouldn't face the restrictions that they would place on on black parties but i have not thought about it for my business though and as you say that i do know one or two people have thought you know have started certain businesses and had white people involved because they're like listen my long triple quadruple barreled African name is not going to get me through any doors. So let me put John Smith in the front. So that, but that kind of stuff really pisses me off. And, it, and that mm -hmm. kind of makes me rebel even more. Like I'm not doing it. And yeah. if I don't want my business because you see any something that's too black for you, then obviously I'm not supposed to be in business with you. That's easier said than done when you really you want to walk into certain rooms and broker certain deals. It's easy for me to say, but that's always been my thing. With my big queer Jamfi name, it's like it's impossible to be honest. <laughs> Next story, Auntie Nana. My story, we are revisiting the latest news on vaccines. So it's so like every week there's a new, a new stunt <laughs> that the establishment are pulling. It's two things, basically. One is that in Forbes magazine, um, this was like a research group. We're looking into some of the ingredients in three different vaccines that may be distributed around the world. And there's a virus within it that could lead people susceptible to HIV. So they've put this out to the various companies saying like, this is quite alarming that you guys are including this virus strain within your vaccine to go to the world's population. And this could create a, a surge in HIV related contractions. It's not contractions, but you get what I mean. Like actually, like it could it could raise the number of people with HIV if this goes out worldwide, especially to vulnerable communities. And you know, whenever they say vulnerable, they just mean like black populations, really. So there's that. And then there's the NHS campaign that's targeting influencers to promote getting the vaccine to their followers so that the uptake of vaccines is more. Just wanted to know what you guys' thoughts are on this latest vaccine gate that we're facing, but also which influences do you think could positively change the spin on vaccines, if um, any? Well, everyone knows that I've said that even if the vaccine comes out, I'm not taking it. I feel like years would have to go by before I take it just because the side effects are so unknown. With mm -hmm. any vaccine, it takes so long 
for people to understand what it's doing to the human body. So I'm not just going to say, yes, I'm going to run out to take it so I can jump on a plane if that's what the new laws are. Don't get me wrong, I'll be super pissed if I can't jump on a plane because that's what I like to do a lot of the time. But um, I just think that so, so much has to happen in order for me to do that. I was reading today as well that a lot of vaccines contain aborted fetuses, the cells, and I didn't know that. So this is just like, that's another thing. How do they get them in the first place? Like, do people, I, I doubt that people are authorizing this when they're having their abortion. So like, it, it's just, it just raises so many questions for me. How safe are they in, in general? I just, there's a lot of things that are in these vaccines that don't sit right with me. So um, I'm not sure what they'd have to do. I think, as I said, I'd have to go to sleep and wake up 10 years later and then know that you lot are all okay from taking the vaccine. Cause I'm just not gonna be first in line or second or third or fourth or fifth. It's just not happening. First of all, Auntie Nana, are you doing research for the NHS or, or what's, what's happening? No, don't put it out. It was like, I'm joking, I'm joking. Wow. <laughs> um, to be honest, on the celebrity question, I honestly don't think there's any celebrity that can convince me because I'll just be like, well, there's a pound note attached to it. So I can't believe that you honestly believe this. Maybe the only influencer that could possibly sway me is Melissa Wardrobe, to be honest. That's possibly Melissa's wardrobe. Oh, she's a influencer on Instagram. Whatever she buys, she can tell you to buy a candle that I've never smelt before. Yeah, and people, it will sell out. It will just sell out. <laughs> yeah, she's 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 brilliant. She's probably the only person where I'll be like, oh well, if Melissa's doing it. Maybe. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But no, I just think that at the end of the day, it's too, it's from what we know from science in a very basic level, is this these things take time, as Auntie Farah said, you know, and it's just like the pretense that it doesn't take time uh, or technologies move so fast that now it doesn't take time. It's ridiculous. There's just been too much history of people, you know, across the globe that have been manipulated and taken advantage of with bad vaccines. I just think there's just too much confusion, there's too much fake news, there's too much, there's too many opinions and not necessarily enough facts um, about what is what. And we just live in that world now. So it's very hard to make an informed decision, really and truly. So, you know, in those cases, I just feel, just wait. I don't have nothing much more to add apart from also just wait. I'm not going to be first in line. It's it's very easy to say this now. The crunch thing will be next year when some of us have the holidays lined up, ready to go. And if they drop it and say, Psh, you've got to take it, then it's a conversation decision that I will have to think about. But at this very point, I'm not interested. Same with all these new vaccines like the HPV vaccine, all that type of stuff. We've spoken about that before. Not interested at all. I think what would be, you know, they'd have to do such a campaign for, they're probably going to do some sort of hip hop grime drill video <laughs> campaign, roll out a couple of them and get them to like, yeah, da, 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 da. man's going to take this. I, I, I just see the nonsense, a little bit of a hippity hop beat, and then, you know, trying to <laughs> they rap. We are going to have that. <laughs> and you know that's going to happen. You and your homies can get to Dubai. Da, 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 da. It's just going to be all nonsense. So I can imagine all the influences are going to roll out, and um, probably definitely some of the popular black ones get a nice hefty bag, and knowing that they're full well are going to get on their private jets and circumvent the vaccine themselves, but yet promote that they yeah I had my vaccine and all that type. <laughs> of but isn't it amazing that they they've worked on a vaccine so fast, but they can't have a vaccine for cancer? Yep. 
but we know we know okay we don't know allegedly but as far as i know <laughs> there's a cure for every single disease that we know that kills us it's their way of keeping the numbers or whatever the fuck they think they're doing um i just cannot believe in 2020 for as long as this world has been in existence there is not a cure for the things that currently kill us because especially when people can cure themselves from cancer and certain illnesses that are meant to be terminal and end your life i just don't get, i don't buy it i don't buy that there's not a vaccine i know i don't buy that they don't know how to resolve these things especially when the fact is a lot of this shit is as apart from maybe hiv is acerbated by poor healthy diet you know environment health food all those type of things all the yeah. shit they're pumping into our foods and our vegetables now and all the pesticides and shit if we eradicated all of that we'd be healthier living longer just that alone remove every single mcdonald's advert in the world and every mcdonald's that's one contribution to our health and eradicating cancer so i just believe they do have the vaccine sitting in a golden fridge and they just haven't really you know what i mean because pharmaceuticals is big business hefty yes. multi-billion industry what yeah is this like reading over the nhs even thinking of influences it made me think of remember when the government can't remember why they were specifically targeting kids i think it was knife crime actually and they decided to put their campaign on chicken boxes like, <laughs> yes. like that was going to do something i felt like i don't know what planet these people are from they thought it was such a good idea Sorry, there a black person in the room with that didn't that come out was there a black yes. person in the room yes but did they co-sign or did they not speak up no, they, they probably came up with the idea. Sometimes <laughs> I feel like the black person in the room is having the biggest bubble. Like, they're just like, what dumb idea could I come up with? And they're going to think this is really smart because it's come from a black person. And so I probably got my finger on the pulse, but they don't know that I was, like, brought up in a boarding school in Switzerland or something. Like, just... <laughs> It's ridiculous, really. But I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see which influencers actually... I like I've had the had the vaccine and also I want to see them doing it I want to see Boris but the it could be a placebo exactly. Boris. we know we know it's that yeah they could be getting an injection of water exactly. we, know, we need to we see know. it under a microscope and everything like they never ever believe that man <laughs> no listen unless you put me in a room with the vaccines and they're all lined up together, and I pick one, and you don't know which one I'm picking, and I give it to you, I'm not going to believe it. Even that, I would have to be in the lab with the scientists who made it, and I have to know, <laughs> there has to be so much evidence of the ingredients, because even that, you, the way this world is trickery, fuckery, and trickery, yeah, you'll be in the lab thinking you're with the real scientists. These times now, it's an actor from freaking Brighton, who's now coming to pretend I'm so-and-so scientist. Here's the vaccine. <laughs> Johnson, I'm going to be like, yeah, I got the vaccine here, Boris Johnson. It's all bullshit, bullshit. None of it. You can't apparently, it's supposed to make you sick as well. There you like, go. Will they the all first, slightly, the first yeah, dosing. In, yeah. So you'll need you'll need two or three for anybody that's considering doing this. <laughs> like, yeah, but like, two or three goes before they say that you're. Like, oh, <laughs> but like they said vaccines traditionally make you sick anyway. If people that take the flu jab, they get flu. It helps you not get bad flu. You get flu. You know, doesn't the vaccine give you a dose of yeah, the actual disease? Yeah. You create antibodies. And then you create exactly. You create antibodies. Yeah. So no. Three times you'll be injected before they say that you may 
be um, suitably vaccinated. So we're seeing it. Like when we're 70, you know, bare people are going to have some dodgy ticks. You've <laughs> <laughs> got long COVID. It might be compound V. <laughs> There's too much. We've watched too many things. We know having it. Okay, 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 okay. What the vaccine is at the gate of Heathrow Airport. Oh, you have to take it before you go to this trip and what is the trip i'd be like fuck it i'll risk, I'll, I'll risk um, it. okay right what i'm counting on yeah what i'm counting on i'm counting on like a tesco situation that's what i'm counting on i'm thinking yeah that ba might be like oh you can't get on my flight unless you got a vaccine and virgin's gonna be like come on my flight guys that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Easy Jet, they might start making their flights move to like go to you get Easy Jet plane to the Caribbean. There's a whole bunch of people there waiting to get on those planes that you don't need to be vaccinated on. Sorry, I need the first black billionaire to create Soul Plane 0.20. The hoopty plane, no vaccine, and it's just a rave up in there. There isn't a place in this world I would take a vaccine. The only way I would do it is if I'm so zen, so vibrationally high, I absolutely trust myself that it doesn't matter what chemical concoction they've put inside me, I can relieve it myself. I can dispel it myself because mm. I have, I'm, I'm vibrating on another plane. Then I would do it because then you can't kill me. Like, you can't do anything to me without my will. If I got my mental faculties into that space, then it doesn't matter. Then I can go to an airport. You can inject me with whatever. I'm still going to be fine. Then I would do it. Other than that, at this present incarnation of the FOSU, I, I'm not there yet. So, no, I can't take a vaccine. What we could do, as we spoke about last week, is break into the other dimension, get our clone, bring them in. Hey, take the vaccine. That's <laughs> enough, though. And then we can like, oh, I've had the vaccine. That's cool. It's like, Sade's ready to do Mortal Kombat with her clone. <laughs> Combinate Sade point two, RKK point two, Farah point two, Shinana point two. Or maybe what they do is on planes, you know, like you've got business class, first class. Premium economy, economy. <laughs> Maybe they COVID, COVID vaccine area. Yeah, and then, yeah, and all of us get there. Like, I will take that thing. That's, that's the one, you know, like in films when you got like you're sitting with chickens. You got <laughs> no, but there's got there's got to be a business class version of the COVID. That price. That price will be. You might as well buy the plane. <laughs> No, honestly, I, I just have one more, one more question. <laughs> just like, you know, like 9-11 kind of changed, it's, well, it's changed like, how we fly anywhere. Like, you know, security yeah. got beefed up 50, like 50 times more. What do you think will be the lasting effects of COVID? Like what's never going to change? What do you think is going to be our new normal now? I think Mark. Yeah, Mark. Sanitizer. I think that will be the norm. I think that's um, going to be the norm in lots of places as well, though, not just yeah. flying. It's just like standard now. You have yeah, no, yeah, I'm talking about what will affect our life. Like, yeah. What's going to be a standard, the lasting effect? I think that'll be a cultural shift for sure. For, for us, obviously in Asia, they do that. They've been doing it. Do yeah, you know, I think temperature checks as well for places like, oh, you know, yeah. like large venues. 
and thank, the one thing I do, yeah, thank you, Camille said it, and I was just about to say, one thing that I welcome is that in restaurants and stuff, you there'd be an added thing of washing your hands and your servers wearing masks and wearing gloves because a lot of them places, there's not that much. They're only good if you change them after every use. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. When you go to the bank, and this is what I've noticed, when you go to the bank, they've got gloves on and they serve you and they serve the next person and they've got gloves yeah. on. And when you ask them, they say it's because I can't go and wash my hands. But the thing is, all the germs are just sitting oh, on my gloves. Yeah. Yeah. I have to change like, them every time. When you go to airport and they, like, sometimes I have big hairstyles and I just get called out and they try and put their hands in my hair. But I always make them change their gloves before they do it. Because how yeah. many people have you touched already? Do you know what I mean? I want to get on my flight, so I'm not yeah. going to confuse. But, yeah. But one question I had was, like, did you guys not take yellow fever? Because, obviously, going to Nigeria or Ghana, you have to have like the yellow fever vaccine you have to show proof of it i've got it it lasts forever now oh does it yeah oh i need a top up so is that to a certain extent like how is that different it's interesting that because it's true we know mm -hmm. we have to take yellow fever so that's already in our brain like we have to take mm -hmm. it and mm -hmm. there's another one but then um because it's been around and we know you have to take it I actually don't know if the yellow fever they're going to give me tomorrow, if I was going tomorrow, is the yellow fever that I trusted from 10 years ago. So actually, actually, fuck them all, I'm going nowhere. I didn't even think about that. Because it's true, you don't think about that. Um, when I went to Australia, I think I had to take something. I can't remember what it is now. But I know, I know I had to take something when I was going to Australia. Yeah, you're right. There's certain things, maybe because they've been around for so long and there's mm. a history of side effects and that sort of thing, why we're not so on those vaccines. But yeah. I don't even know what yellow fever is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it's some type of fever. Fuck. I don't like, even no. know about that. I'm so not, I'm not getting it again. Oh, it's, it's through disease caused by a virus that spread through mosquito bites. The symptoms take three to six days to develop, include fever, chills, headaches, backache, and mus muscle ache. 15% uh, of people who get yellow fever develop serious illness that can lead to bleeding shock organ failure and sometimes death yeah don't want that one well, that kind of sounds like malaria though mm. let's get some comments guys yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a comparison okay so camille says the astral zen zeneca vaccine has copied cells from an aborted fetus from the 1960s we have to make our own venues for non vaccinated people to attend but still in a safe way um so Akoya says anyone who takes a vaccine because of an influence gets on their own oh my god <laughs> what did she say i can't see it what did she say sorry 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 should i say it again yeah, yeah. So, sorry my bad anyone who takes a vaccine because of an influencer deserves what they get <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, the funny of that is just too deep, so <laughs> that might be me. <laughs> um, okay, so Donald says since uh, we have a past of having been used for governmental um, medical experiments, Black Americans are very wary of vaccines. Most people that um, I know are waiting until spring goes on next year. Uh, wow. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then goes on to say the syphilis study lasted yeah. from 1932 until 1972. Mm -hmm. The government scientists wanted to study untreated syphilis, yeah, and they'd done that 
to people unwillingly, isn't it? Black people yeah. kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, they, again, they thought they were getting a vaccine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They weren't. Uh, Camille goes on to say, there is an image of Sadiq Khan about to have a flu jab and the cap is still on the needle. <laughs> oh my word. There you go. There oh, I need go. to see that. I need to see that image. <laughs> <laughs> um, says there is a diet that gets rid of vaccines. Ooh, Oh, these are the things that people are saying that probably change forever for a post-COVID society. Camille saying, wash your hands frequently. Me saying, a mask on planes are here to say, probably supermarkets too. Goes on to say, public spaces will always have sanitizer. The thing that will die may be social distancing. I hope so. Oh, my God. Camille says, if you had COVID, do you still need a vaccine? Good I think so. I think in the beginning they were saying that you, it wasn't one of those re, re you can get it again but you can get it again apparently yeah you can get double COVID all of a sudden you can get double COVID so yeah but then what's the point of the vaccine but then what's the point because you can get flu again that's my point you have a flu dad and then the next year you can still get a different strain of flu because it changes all the time so what's the point because you can have COVID-19 and then next year you could have COVID-20 this is it this is actually it because there was not, anyway, they're all the same family, but yeah. yeah. Okoye says, I don't think anything will change. After Ebola, I thought people would never shake hands again in Ghana, but it took less than six months for everything to get back to normal. And Ebola killed 50% of everyone who got it, they say. I don't take the yellow fever vaccine. I know the lie to tell. Okay, sis, you need to share that with me because I ain't getting that again. Because, yeah, 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 whisper it. And then uh, quickly, the says she lived in Ghana for six years and never heard of anyone getting yellow fever. And Nikita asks, is yellow fever the same as malaria? Probably. It sounded similar from the effects. Mm -hmm. That sounds kind of like the extremes of malaria. Who knows? I didn't even think about that. You know when you just want to get on a plane? Yes. And you let them jab you and it's like, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so can I just tell you what the difference is? Malaria oh. is not caused by a virus or, ba or bacteria, but by a parasite known as a plastodium. What is the difference between malaria versus yellow fever? Malaria is caused by a plastodium and yellow fever is caused by a virus. Although they're both spread by mosquitoes, they are not spread by the same mosquitoes. They never talk about the different various mosquitoes, do they? Everything's a conspiracy. Fuck them. I heard one time that mosquitoes are like flying devils. Yes. Like it's yeah. like the, the devil's weapon that he um, brought along to the earth. They are. They Just serve no purpose. I'd add that in there. No, but I believe you. Because what purpose does mos do mosquitoes serve? They're probably vital to the ecosystem, guys. The thing is, not viable. They just go around sucking your blood and infecting you with crap. Is it their fault, or is it? Is their fault? Is it their fault or society's fault? Guys, don't make me know why mosquitoes are important, please. Yeah, exactly. We're going down this rabbit hole. There's no reason why mosquitoes are important. I'm scarred for life, literally. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. But I just feel like they're just living their life being hungry. They're not. They're not. <laughs> Anyway, my story. Um, so guys, the high street is dying. Topshop and Debenhams are going into administration and it looks like the end of the high street as we know it, obviously on the basis of all this, on the back of all this lockdown stuff. So it's just been announced that Debenhams is saying that 120, 124 department stores are set to shut 
And this uh, Debenhams has been around for 242 years. Yeah. And after its long battle for survival, it's actually going to give in. And it's also Sir Philip Green's Arcadia Group has slumped into administration. Uh, 13,000 staff of Arcadia Group face uncertain times. Arcadia Group covers Topshop, Dorothy Perkins and Burton. And um, Wallace. And Wallace, okay, I didn't even know mm -hmm. that too. So just generally, everything's a shit show to be honest. And you know, that I think shops are starting to open now. So, oh, sorry, Ronald's quickly saying, what is the high street? That's our, like going down to Times Square and walking down Broad Broadway. It's that long strip. We have like popular streets, full of popular superstores, like brand name stores. So we call it the high street. Um, I hope that's an explanation. I don't even know. Yeah, that. It's like where Macy's and everything is, like Fifth Avenue and like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's similar to that. We have all those yeah. high streets in um, London, like just of popular stores. And um, Oxford Circus and places like that are popular, same as Times Square and as we said anyway so these stores are all these are shutting down i guess my question is what are your thoughts about saving the high street after all of this can we save the high street should this high street be saved because we've got all these kind of big dominating shops that kind of um we've i think we've spoken about in one of our early shows about that kind of monolithic yeah. look that we have all these stores that put out the same kind of looks with we took looking at cheap labor that happens overseas and countries that don't fare so well against western countries things like that so is the death of the high street a bad thing but also, obviously, can the high street be saved? You know, they're going to try and open at Christmas and try and get us out there. Are you going down to the shops or are you going to do it online? I've finally started to creep into the online space. It's taken me forever. I have always liked going into a shop. So, yeah, just about, you know, what, what are your thoughts? I don't have any kind of real deep question about it all. So for someone who worked for Arcadia back in the day, my first, well, my first couple of jobs, I worked in, well, Miss Selfridge and Topshop, Lots of Circus. Gang, gang. You know what? It's ugh, taking away from the family, the people, whatever kind of thing. Like Topshop is a staple. Like I've been wearing Topshop mm. since I had my own money. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that's like my go-to place for like basics, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Or if I just want to get something simple that's on trend, that's the place that I go to. Or Miss Selfridge, really. I think the high street was dying before this anyway. I'm surprised that it's lasted so long. I think I'm more concerned about just people and their jobs and like where are those people going to go how they're going to survive what's the government going to do for them do you know what i mean kind of thing or how they're going to be retrained into society so but yeah but it's a bit sad i don't know it's a bit sad for me i don't, I don't know it's a staple like imagine top shop lots of circles not there that's has it been there my whole life i don't know <laughs> it's such a weird i don't know being a londoner do you know what i mean it's just such a weird concept to even just imagine and especially that store, there was like so many firsts there. I remember, you know, Clara Ampho when she started playing in there as a DJ. I remember they used yeah. to have fashion shows in there, models. The first time I met Rihanna was there. Do you know what I mean? Just so many different moments. So, yeah. But I do think the high street is dying anyway. I think we should shop locally, shop independently, as I think someone's saying, Kim you're saying, definitely obviously shop every day for a day and love you yeah, of course do you know what I mean for your cool independent needs <laughs> what is good about it is challenging all these big chains to think differently about how they get people's attention and the services that they provide for example I went on Zara today and you can get same day delivery now when has Zara ever done same day delivery so if you order before two o'clock you can get it it's seven pound 95 don't get me wrong it's not cheap but if you needed something the same day and you didn't have the chance to go out and get it you could get it delivered so it's forcing these people to do more things what 
I also find has been very beneficial for me during this whole COVID world is that it's made me look at different shops. So it's made me look at, you know, black owned businesses a lot more. It's forced me to not force me, but it's opened my eyes up to these businesses a lot more. So I get all my hair products from black owned businesses. Now I actively look at more black owned businesses in terms of clothing lines. I still like my brands like, you know, Zara and whatnot. It, I think it's good because the smaller shop, like, Love Yaya and Everyday Froday, your marketing techniques are a lot more enticing to me than the Zara's or the Top Shops and all those sort of things. And I think, well, knowing that it's it's coming from a family or money's going in your on your plate, then that's a lot more than it going to Philip Green. It just means more. So I love the clothing and it means more to you. It means more to me as well. So I think it's not a bad thing. It's sad, but it's not a bad thing. I don't have time to go and shop on the high street anymore anyway, truth be told. It's that nostalgia. That's the only thing where I'm like, oh, Topshop, just for my teenage years, that was such a staple place to go, like raving. And I always think of there was one rampage raid where you had to wear white and literally it was full of people just trying to find anything white in Topshop to wait to wear to this rave. And there's so many moments like that, but really it's a lesson for all of us in this kind of retail space that once you get really big, you can't take your foot off the gas. And they were in heavy debt. I don't get how you have stores everywhere. You know that you need hefty loans to survive, to do payday. And you weren't removing yourselves from the concessions. Like it, it, it's just, I don't get this whole big business model of like, you know, you're just running on loans. That to me isn't how it should be because then as soon as you're not going to get a loan, this is what happens. And all of those people around the world, actually, because there's concessions everywhere, it's just all gone. And I, I absolutely cannot stand Philip Green. I just think he's just such a discourage of capitalism. So I have no sympathy for him. And I'm glad he's having his downfall. It's for the people that were working for him. It's the managers and, and the lack of pivoting. Like, I haven't been in Topshop. Maybe it's I'm out of that bracket now anyway. But again, it, it was such a big part of our kind of teenage years maybe they needed to be a bit more like 50 cents way of thinking so your audience actually isn't the young ones because we have the nostalgia factor maybe they needed to grow with the audience that had created the big hype of Topshop and maybe they needed to pivot with their designs and not be such a copycat of uh, ASOS and, and Boohoo like it's just a different world I feel like ASOS and Boohoo and Pretty Little Things is such simple clothing, it works to purchase it online. Because you know it's generally, if you know your size, you know it's going to fit you because they use such simple cuts. That's why I do really well with belts, because there's no tailoring in things. And so you always need to accessorize so that it looks good. That's easy for internet buying. Now, Topshop, you're doing that, but people don't really go out shopping, especially young people on the high street anymore because what's the value in being there they don't rave in the same way like entertainment is very different entertainment is now contained in your phone and it's about posing it's a, it's a different world and they didn't pivot that world really they should have had more independence within the store they should have opened it up you should have had student designers making your stuff cool and filling your space with culture 
then you would have had young people coming because then your displays would have been something for them to take pictures against. It would have been a new experience, but they didn't pivot in that way. And really, I think that's where the high street is going to go. It's going to be an experiences. It's going to be about the story. It's going to be about where people can be like, this is really cool. And I can snap here. I can TikTok here. I, I'm, I can interview people. It's, it's a different world. You have to be way more digital. And I think independence is where it's going to be. And landlords just need to reduce the, the rent prices. And then we can all get in there and breathe life back into the high street again. But for the big, big shops, the big conglomerates, they need to take heed that their time is over. It's a different world now. It's like, again, one of the next time's up movements. It's like it, your time is up now. You had 200 years. It's all right. They're like blockbusters. <laughs> I, I was going to say, because I've always actually been anti-Topshop only for their jewellery because I always like there was a time period where and by the way it's the Oxford Circus shop has been around since 94 that's peak time when I was raving college mm -hmm. there. Wow. Um, and always you could always guarantee to get a wicked pair of earrings that not many people had I loved Topshop for that but then the clothes I always thought were overpriced for what it was and I was a H&M girl and more recently Zara at first I was gonna I was pushing against it because I am a high street girl I like to go to a shop I don't like the I don't like the idea of shopping online I don't like it I, it's convenient and that's what makes it good but other than that I don't like it I like the experience of going shopping it's always been a thing go shopping I think that I'm carrying the nostalgia of meeting my friends going shopping, even though I hate window shopping, I actually hate shopping with friends because you lot take too long in general. When you go in big groups, I used to hate it, but I still like it. It's just that thing of going out and I'll be the moany one, but I still will go every Saturday, do you know what I mean? But I, I don't want the high street to die. The idea of every high street looking the same. And now from London to America to Dubai to, you know, they get their hands on Africa, every single country. Like there, there was a beauty in going to, America when you could when we were younger because you know you'd see different stores and different types of clothes. Now I'm going to America and I can see Topshop and I can see H&M, I can see Zara. So if, I just go to any country and get what I can get. The only little things like maybe a little bit cheaper in another country if the currency is high or low or whatever. So it's, it, I absolutely hate the mass production of, of these shops. I don't like that idea. I don't want the high street to die. I definitely don't like Philip Green. And I'm, again, like I said, I have no... I don't like Topshop as a shop. And what started to piss me off about shop, Topshop even more was that the jewellery started to be as the same as everybody else. So especially when them tassel earrings came in, I didn't. I hated the fact that every single store had tassel earrings. What is going on? And Topshop, I always held it in high regard for its jewellery. Tassel earrings, everyone's got them in different colours. The same. You all went to the same place in China, mass market filled your suitcase with the same thing and, <laughs> and maybe put like one sticker on it to make it different. I that that part is where everyone's super greedy. I don't like that. I like the idea of what you're saying and it has to be an experience. You have to um, really think about it being a trip out. There's no long, nothing is enticing us away from our online laptops or whatever, doing it online and doing it on our phones. So yeah. So Nicholas says, Tiffin, uh, Philip Green is a scoundrel. Mm. Um, a scrounge, a scrounge on the retail uh, sector, just like the owner of Sports Direct. I feel oh. sorry for the employees, but he deserves to lose it all. They are horrid. Uh, Akoya says the death of the high street is an opportunity for us makers. This is the time to get our shit together. The internet has isolated people, so people long for community, and that's why we independents can give 
uh, back to the high street. I can't wait to open my next high street shop. And Antoinette, no worries. I'm sorry, no worries that you're late. It's fine. Welcome. Join us. Oh, we love that Antoinette's always with us. Thank you. <laughs> we need to pay Antoinette so that she doesn't have to for you. Okay, moving on to our final story. So mine is just a little check-in on our President Donald Trump, outgoing President Donald Trump. He held his first press conference since I think the 3rd of November, about four days ago, and he finally gave the press the opportunity to ask him questions. His answers were like, I won by a lot, I won by a lot, um, you know, uh, I won by, my numbers were huge, 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 I had huge numbers. And um, if the media start highlighting things properly, then you'll see it. I'm going down to Arizona soon to get to talk to them about things. Um, we're, we're demanding recounts here, there and everywhere. So there's, it's just the usual stuff that's coming out of his mouth. He chastised some of the um, some of the press because of the way that they spoke to him. He said, don't you ever speak to the president like that again. Um, there's, so it's just all about that and also the fact that there's a lot of news about the fact that he might pardon not only himself, but yeah. also Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> and, also, and also Tiger King, no? Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah I heard that. <laughs> yes. No. Anyway, well, Tiger throw it to you. What are your thoughts? <laughs> if he wants to live in America... He has to pardon himself. There's no two ways about it. And, you know, really, Giuliani has been his ride or die this whole four years. So, yeah, I think he's going to be looking a pardon too. So I'm not surprised. Trump is so corrupt. I, I'm just really not surprised at all. I'm just, I, I just can't wait until, when is it? January 20th? January 20th, yeah. Yeah, I just can't wait until that date. I can't get there fast enough, to be honest. Um, yeah, I just, I want it to be over. I, I don't know. I mean, Nana, get out. Seriously. <laughs> face the wall. Auntie Nana, face the wall. What I live for is the internet's creativity. Whenever Trump has an outburst, the internet reacts. You know, they've seen, they, you know, they've got him at that tiny desk. They said, you know, you're on the naughty table because there's a table that he was at a makeshift desk that he was at having his meltdown, like, do you know who I am? But the, they've got so many, me I mean, this is what we've talked about it before. The fact that we are allowed to make a meme of someone that's supposed to rule the world, you know what I mean? Like we can actually say, fuck you, you loser, loser. All these memes are just denigrating someone that's supposed to be at the pinnacle of respect, highest position in the world, and we could just bury you and you're reacting. It's just, I've nothing to go, 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 go. For, I actually, no, I don't want, if he can pardon himself, America, say, Anyone in America, say, say, say third world, let third world come out your mouth. I'm just going to tweet and social media and be a keyboard warrior for every single, even if you're a bot, I'm going to sit there going mad. <laughs> you, going mad. You'll see the demise of me. Auntie Aga is going to go mad. She's out there attacking people on internet because they're talking about Africa. Don't talk about my continent one bit. If your president pardons himself in the name of democracy, fuck everybody. Don't talk about my continent. I'm, please, one of you two, make me a t-shirt. Don't fuck with my continent. I want immediately. <laughs> uh, you guys know how I feel about the old Trump stuff. I'm, um, you know, 51 days, I'm going to miss him. I still, there's a, a real part of me that is like, I don't think he's lying. I feel like he won. And I feel like they stole it from him. Like, literally, it's like his time. Auntie Nana. 
honestly, I feel like, yeah, it was like the powers that be was like, dude, no, your time is up. And they they removed him. I think his kicking and screaming, there's some type of truth to it, if truth is even the word. Like, yeah. it's deceptive. He's going to no, be yeah. anyway. Like, there's no two ways about it. He's just not. He spoke about the fact that if he lost the election, he said this in like April or something like that. If he loses the election, it's going to be rigged. It's going to be a fix. It's going to be this, that and the other. This is the same, basically, back in 2016, the states that he's complaining about are states that he wanted. He had no problem then with them counting votes later, you know, past the election date. He had no problem with that. The point is, he does not like to lose. He's a sore loser. He is on a show where he, sorry, was on a show where his claim to fame is that he says you're fucking fired. He's fired. He can't stand the fact that he is the one that is being evicted, right? So he's making the audacity, the audacity of it. Like, just imagine though, really, if he knows how he got there and he knows the rigging that can go on. Because remember, the Democrats were saying the same the last time, like they were like, the Russian involvement, the, 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 but yeah. they just didn't, you know, kick up a fight like he is. Mm-hmm. But so if he knows that this shit goes on because that's how I won. Just imagine that you cheated. Then he needs to shut you the fuck up. Won, and then you're like, oh my God, it's been spun on me. Like that would burn your heart. You know what the thing is? If you cheated yourself, it can't burn your heart if you win. So if you then lose because somebody else out cheated you, you yeah. should shut, shut your mouth. That's what he needs to do. Stop it! He's fucking with democracy. Like he is the he's the he needs your fucking jumper. Every day he needs to put it on and look at it every day and say fuckery because that's what he is. He just he just needs to go. Don't just doesn't need nothing from black people. Just go, (laughs) go away. Don't touch anything. Touch anything. Your hands need to be the whole family. And I want a bunker. I want Ivanka to get got. She's got to get got. Not, 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 oh. not in the death way. I don't mean that. I want her arrested. I don't I'm want terrified. Yes, yeah, no, no, no. Get got. Not in the hood way. Get got. Man's got. No, 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 no. Ivanka, go to fucking prison, please. Take your daddy and your bro- and your. This is alleged, but everyone talks about it on social media. Donald Trump Jr., who's got a serious high coke problem, allegedly, but social media says it, so it might be true. All your family, get the frick out of here. I don't think they're going anywhere. I think they're going to stay in politics, to be honest. I think Trump is going to have the big, because he's he's angry with Fox. I said there was another channel that started, I can't remember the name. He's now bringing in millions of viewers because he's on there talking and Breitbart. He's going to be a pundit. He's going to be a pundit like John Beck, Beck, but that Beck guy and Hannity. They're all going to come together and have a freaking right wing nonsense noise making. Fox and Fox are the only channel that if you watch the levels of diarrhea that these anchors spit out, are supporting him. They're the only channel. They're like, they're the ones that are like, yes, it's false. Yes, it's false. No, because he's been, he's been angry because some of them have called, because as a news station, the, the bit that operates as a proper news station has, did actually call the, you know, all the states that actually said that we declare that Biden won Trump has cussed them. So there's a lot of um, right-wing and Republican supporters who have turned against Fox. So, I mean, they've still got the pundits that support Trump, but they're losing, well, you know, it's all smoke and mirrors, isn't yeah. it? And they're winning it's the bad like, Republicans. Yeah. Uh, Rupert Murdoch was quoted to say that, um, 
that, um, what do you call it, that he's disgraced his name. Do you know what I mean? So if Rupert Murdoch is saying you're out, it's, it's a wrap. Imagine I mean, old man Murdoch is anti-you. Yeah. man Murdoch, allegedly. It's over now. But the, the thing, the thing <laughs> is, is that he's got no evidence. He should be, in fact, Ru Rudy Giuliani should be stripped of his legal rights because how can you go to court and say, say all these things and say, well, I don't have the evidence, but there's evidence. Should you not be showing me evidence? Isn't that why you're <laughs> going to be I don't understand. That's like, basic LA law. It's it his brain. That's what it's doing. You know, like relaxer and them sort of things they say leaks into your brain eventually. That's, That's what's happening. Why. <laughs> it's fine. I don't get it. Looking down his face. Did you not see Giuliani's hair job? I'll send him some details. Like, it's mad. Don't, don't contact him. Don't touch him. They don't need any black assistance. Leave him alone. <laughs> Let's get some comments. I can't okay. Get some comments. okay, so Ronald says, uh, referring to Trump, he's becoming less and less important here. I think he means in the US. We are moving on. Antoinette says, Auntie AK, I want that t shirt. Don't fuck with my continent. Ronald, sorry. Say no more. Say no more. <laughs> Ronald is just stressing that uh, he lost. <laughs> I know he lost, but it probably wasn't just. <laughs> Auntie Nana, go and stand in the corner with him and Greedy. Can I just ask? I know we got what Auntie Nana you yeah. Like, say if he say if he did win, would you be happy? What if we won? Yeah, well, I don't give a fuck. Nanny in Harlem, who wins, man? It's the same shit, different person. Who cares? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, sorry, I'll move on. Akoya says, I want the T-shirt, don't fuck with my continent. Um, I want those people who thought Trump was the new Christ. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Akoya, why do you keep doing this to me? <laughs> I'm going to read this one straight away. I want the people who thought Trump was the new Christ to be right and he was going to save the world. I was kind of looking forward to it. Now we're all back to normal <laughs> lying politics. But remember, there was like that was a real conviction within like no, the black there was a whole documentary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what what happened? happened? <laughs> yeah, they decided to un um false profits, innit? <laughs> I just can't. Um Camille says uh, there's a documentary. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, his daughter wants they want he wants his daughter to be president. If Uncle no, no, no. I've heard this. If Ivan imagine pre oh come on, get out, get don't. Serious. You're winding, you're, Camille, you're winding up Auntie AK's stuff. You remember the Bushes? Who would have thought that George W. Bush right. was true. the dumbest, allegedly dumbest one? It's true. Ivanka. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hand Maze Taylor's standard. Yeah. yeah, with a smile. With a yeah. Her chipmunk yeah. smile. So Antoinette says, throw Rudy straight into the trash from uh, you can book a Four Seasons Garden Centre instead of the Four Seasons Hotel. They <laughs> did something again. So, so they did the Four Seasons, seasons Garden Centre and then he did something else. Like they had their next press call. I wish I could remember. I need to remember what it is. But it was somewhere equally dead that they had their next press conference. Like, come on, come on, come on. And then Ronald says his pardons only apply to federal crimes. He still faces uh, city charges in New York City and state charges in New York State. Oh, well. There you go. 
You know what I think? I think he's going to move to Scotland. That's what I think he's going to do. Scotland? Yeah, because you know he's got Scottish heritage. He like yeah. plays, he, he flies over and plays golf. It's got, and, but also Scottish people, they, I can't do a Scottish accent on demand, I have to practice. However, they were like, with the signs, we Trump, like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> What what did you say? Get away? Is that away? Get away? or something like that? It's like free and stop. 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 You're offending oh, a whole country. Sorry, sorry, Scottish people. However, oh, let me get my niece. She lives in Scotland. But anyone I remember is is uh, member Ruth from um <coughs> from EastEnders. Yes. yes, yes. We can't afford it, but that's not even. Good. <laughs> and there's been a murder. <laughs> Are you now saying that somebody is going to murder Trump? No! no. no. I was doing cracker. Is that yes, word? no, crack. No, it was cracker. Taggart. It's been a murder. Oh, no, that's from Taggart. Yeah. So you're yeah. murder. English. Yes. There's been a murder. Victoria said, on behalf of Scotland, no. <laughs> Sorry, Victoria. Yeah, Ricky's actually a stop. And I'm glad a few of not watching either. Sorry, yeah. sorry. sorry. Apologies, Pella. Sorry. I'm going to pull this whole section out and I'm going to post it. <laughs> I'm going to target it to Scotland. Sorry. You know what to do, Scotland? If you come there, get on it. Get, 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 get. That's it. Let's move on to Auntie's nose best. This is from a man called Mr. Frey. Hi guys, I am new to this group and I have a question. I have an eight-year-old stepdaughter, a four-year-old daughter and a six-month-old son. Sometimes I feel my stepdaughter gets jealous because certain things I do with my two biological kids, such as kiss them and cuddle them in the bed, I cannot do with my stepdaughter because I feel that would look weird. Is there any advice y'all can give me? I think that's a conversation with the mum as well, man, just to explain the differences. Like, it's a bit of reality for a kid that young, do you know what I mean? But that's her situation at the end of the day, do you know what I mean? So I think it's just about having a conversation with the mum, him, and explaining, like, the differences kind of thing and making sure that she's reassured that he doesn't love her any less. That's, that's all it is, really, I think. He's been around for four of her six years. She's six years old. How old is she? Eight. 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 Four eight. Of her eight years. Yeah. She's seen this guy. At least he's been around for at least four of her eight years. Um, she's seeing this behaviour, and I'm not sure. To me, there's either an issue, a little bit of an issue, because the first thing is it might look a bit weird. Why would it look weird if you've taken her on as your daughter? just treat her as your daughter. So there's something, and why is that even in your head? Because you don't, it, what he said is the way he kisses and hugs his biological children. No one would think any different because you're, as far as I'm concerned, no, no, I'm saying. No, no. I don't know about that. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like, what are the other things? Because he's just said that people might think it's weird, but it's like your mindset, you're not going to be kissing the child. It's like a hug and normal parental behavior unless you're really one of those smothering like mm, come here, come here, like overly smothery parents which I understand then your behavior shouldn't be so distinctive that she notices it i just i just i think there's a bit of a gray area and it is a, auntie Shade said there is a conversation to be had with the mother 
because it feels to me like there's a blockage and it could be because the father might have said something. We, we haven't got the full story. Father, no, the father's not in the picture. Later on in the thread, he actually says, some, somebody asks, like, what does her dad think? And he's like, her dad hasn't been in her life. So that, but there's something there then, because I don't see why the behaviour has to be so black and white, so abstract. It, it, to me, there's something in it that doesn't make sense to me, because I understand being cautioned, because if you were going to say, look, she's a little girl and I don't want to do certain things with her that I feel because she's not my child, maybe there's some stuff, but just showing affection in a general parental way to the point where the, an eight-year-old child has noticed the difference, it, to me, there's something in the relationship that's not clear, I think, anyway. It didn't sound like that to me, though. It didn't sound like he doesn't give her affection elsewhere. Like, specifically, he said cuddles and kisses in the bed, right? Like, hug, I yeah. hug up and cuddle with my biological children in the bed. I think, sp yeah. specifically, that's what he's talking about. So yeah. I suppose there's a grey area there. Like, I, I mean, I'm just thinking how I would feel, but I think maybe it's a conversation for them to all have. You know, explain yeah. to the little girl... But then I but equally there's ways to cuddle and kiss people, isn't there? So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of torn. If her dad isn't around and he's her father figure and he's been around for a long time, maybe he just needs to look at the way that he does it. Maybe he kisses his biological biological children on the lips. And you know, yeah. maybe he feels uncomfortable doing that. So if he rather than doing that to her, maybe he should kiss her on the cheek and hug her up and kiss her up in that sort of a way. I kind of get where he's coming from. And maybe he shows her, I'd like, I would like to think that he shows her affection elsewhere. It's just because he's highlighted this being in the bed with the children point. I don't is know. He, is he noticing or is she noticing? She's noticing. He's thinking that she's um, noticing. That he's um, noticing. Difference. I, I, I think, I honestly think that it's in this day and age, you kind of have to be cautious. You know what I mean? Like, especially if you're a step parent, there's just no two ways about it, kind of thing. I just don't, and we just don't live in that world anymore where people think that everything is innocent. Do you know what I mean? So it's just that when you're a step parent, you have to be overly cautious um, and make sure like, there's clarity in terms of like what behavior is acceptable and what's not, kind of thing, what's crossing the line. Because the dad might not be in the picture now, but he could come in the picture uh, later on. You don't know if there's other family members that are in the picture from the dad's side. The dad might not be there, but still, do you know what I mean? Like there's, there could be other influences as well. I don't know how to say this, but but maybe for uh, her own protection too. I feel like actually just maintaining, uh, especially in the bed, I think you can discuss it with your partner, like, but it should have been a discussion in your parenting styles, like, you know, from when you came into the child's life, how it was going to be. But I absolutely understand that distance in terms of really like that pros, close proximity that you'll have with your children, that that doesn't extend because biologically you are not her father. I, I, I absolutely understand that distance. And I think as she's getting older, if she was younger, but eight years old and it really being on your mind as well, I think, yeah, you just keep that. You can hug her when everybody is around on a sofa. She can sit next to you. But that alone time in a bed, no. Yeah, exactly. Like, as a partner, I would be the same. I'd be like, no, no, how you're playing is good. Like, yeah. I get, I get not being in the bed. I, I think I'm, I might have missed that little bit about being in the bed. I just think, but it's like maybe if he's feeling conscious, then it's, doing um okay so we're all in a space like you said the couch and if it's a thing where he really does like to put them to bed maybe all of them sit on 
one of them's bed and it's together so it's like a three i mean one's a, a baby right and it's so it's not, bed. It's not, sorry it's his bed yeah so well it's the family bed right in theory if it's with the woman it's the family bed so if you want to have like cuddles with the kids i would understand that if it's all the babies if the if, if it's just him i don't know the missus him and the two biological kids and then eight-year-olds out on the cold that's not nice so if it's no, like, no. Yeah. if it's like mum dad kids in the middle kind of family time in the bed that's different because then she's there and she's present maybe it's this little thing like i'm going to go and put the kids to bed and i'm going to give you may i don't know if they will share a room all that type of stuff but it would be weird also if he's going into if they share a room you're getting into bed with your biological and eight-year-olds there watching so those type of behaviors is what's weird and i get his cautiousness so he has to change his behaviors and include them all in a way that is a general thing and then maybe just i don't know i don't know i don't know let's go to the comments because there are lots of people reacting okay donald says ronald sorry not trump <laughs> <laughs> sorry ronald people would look at it differently sorry it's just jumped uh if he had non-biological children in his bed. Yeah, I, I agree, so. Okoya, who think who is going to think it's weird? Is he abusing his kids, maybe? Oh, Lord. Sorry, I'm not laughing at the subject matter. So it was just the fact it came out quite out of nowhere. Okay, who's going to think it's weird? Is he abusing his kids, maybe? He should do other things with her. He can give her a kiss without it being a fondle under the sheets. I think this guy does treat her differently and he's uh, feeling guilty about not treating her the same and he wants us to make him feel it's okay that he treats her differently. Interesting. Miss G Letang says, be mindful, yes, but affection can be safely demonstrated in so many ways. Can he refrain from bed cuddles with his biological children when she's present? And also says, yes, Auntie AK, eight-year-olds uh, next to mum and one of the girls. In, in, in the bed scenario, yeah. Okay. And then Ronald said in reply to Akria. If the girl tells anyone outside the home that she was in bed with her stepfather, they'll be outcry. Yes, absolutely. What Akria said in regards to, because that's, what pe that's where it's going. It's the underlying thought that people might think I'm abusing her or we don't know in the extreme sense. He could have wild thoughts why he's physically, you know, there's extremes. We can't, we don't know this person and these scenarios happen. So it is unfortunate that we're in a world where everything is second guessed and everything is suspicious. But I was going to say, if you adopt a child from birth, from baby, it's not seen as, you know what I mean? So the behavior automatically becomes okay That's because true. you've adopted yeah. a child from birth and stuff like that. So when is it, when does that line become an issue? And as Ronald says, yes, if the girl was like, oh, I was in my step dad's bed i think in the extreme we'll get people out crying but then most people are like i'm sorry to interrupt you but i don't think in the extreme i think that majority i think that people are quick to go to that thought but i, I think, think even very quick. Quick to go to that thought even if it's like oh, i was in my daddy's bed even if it's like the biological i think there's such suspicion around male especially men around young girls that everything is questioned even I think even a biological father might be like, oh, people look at me sideways because I was hugging my daughter. They're, we're so suspicious about everybody. Yeah, yeah, men yeah. And, uh, and girls, period. And that's it. So it's just interesting how you normalize this behavior without it being a suspicion. Because even, you know, there's, I would be suspicious as well. I'd be cautious around a stepfather coming in to my daughter's space and how he interacts. I would be side-eyeing and questioning and everything. But 
the, the other thing is like, yeah, if you adopt a child from day one, you're going to expect to treat, you're going to go above and beyond to treat, make that child feel like. Yeah, but then when you're adopting, I don't, I don't know. I'm a stepchild and my dad was a step parent to my stepsisters. I don't recall any occasion where he's just gone into their room. It just wouldn't run. My brother is a step parent. His girlfriend's got two children. One of them is a girl and he would never. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't show affection other ways. But that is a no-go area. Do you know what mm. I mean? Because I get it. I get it. It's almost like there's too much to lose if that was to be con- conceived in a in the wrong way. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And like in those situations, sometimes even if it's completely innocent, there can be a stain that can never leave. So why even risk it in the first place? I don't necessarily agree with what Akoy was saying in terms of like guys trying to think that we're going to justify his behaviour because he's isolating her. I think he's just considering the position that he's in. Yeah. That's what that's what it sounds like. Because it's difficult. People don't have these conversations about how difficult it actually is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And there's so many recon- um, reconstructed families. It's, it's yeah. interesting that we don't have these conversations. I totally agree with what you're saying, Auntie Charlotte. I think it's healthy to show there's boundaries. It doesn't mean that she doesn't have a loving relationship with him. And it doesn't mean that if they're all on the bed, she's sat at the foot of the bed. But it, it's healthy to show these boundaries. Much like when we were talking about how we would feel if the step-parent was to hit the stepchild. This is kind of no different to that, you know, like, okay, this one's affection and one is like aggression, but it's kind of no different. It's it's showing boundaries. I just generally can't sit here and say that I think I'd feel comfortable as like, I've got, I'm a, the, a mother of a child, of, of a daughter. And if I have a husband who comes and lives with us, I don't know how I would feel. I think the conversations would need to be have about boundaries, about how you discipline my child, and also about how you show affection to my child. And, you know, I can't say that I would feel comfortable with this man as much as I love him and we have something there, because God forbid that I've said it's okay, and then years later, I find out, worst case scenario, going to the extreme, that he did do something. Or that my child felt uncomfortable about something, or and then that's affected her. Or, exactly, she yeah. needs something. Somebody, there's somebody else within the family, or external, or a family friend, or all of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And because she, that's what she's known, she's been more accepted. I don't know. I just it makes. I think there's so many different levels to it. And I hear what you're saying about if somebody adopts a child, but he hasn't adopted her. He's just yeah. said, he's just said he's her step parent. So he hasn't adopted her. There are many different ways of showing your affection that don't have to be in that particular way. He could do things with her separately that makes her know that she's special and important to her. They could create their own bedtime routine. That I don't feel like it has to be he does exactly the same thing. Because, you know, I'd like to think that my daughter would understand that there's things that you and I do together because you're my child and there's things that you would do with your step-parent because they're your step-parent. I think it was a good question to ask because if he's kind of struggling with how to be an effective step parent, somebody that's done it for longer could have like, you know, an an older, like 20 years they've had their Mm. stepchild to say, you know what? Yeah. In the beginning, I struggled with that. I didn't know where to put my boundaries, but actually what really worked was on a Saturday, Saturday was our day. Mm. And so then it we created a whole different ritual that was outside of but the biological kids and that created a new bond. Like there's lots of different ways. And sometimes I think when people go to these internet spaces, you're a bit locked in. So you need 
other outside influence to just give you new ideas. I don't think it's always to feel good about yourself. Genuinely, sometimes I think people are just asking strangers for advice because it's a lot easier than asking people that know them. And there's that, there's that anonymous factor, like literally the advice, they don't know what I'm like. And so I can kind of feel through. It doesn't always have to be sinister. Sometimes you really are just like, I've run out of ideas, but I feel like there's something missing. And maybe somebody outside of this situation can really help. I just think it's, it's really strange how we as humans accept one thing. Like we, took, like we said about the yellow fever, we accept yellow fever, we're not accepting COVID, but it's literally the same type of thing. We accept something that we know, but then something else is like, it's absolutely bad. And because of the way society works, so it's just interesting. And I, I, I'm with you, Auntie Farah. I wouldn't be comfortable at all. I would watch all the interaction, all the play. I would be super suspicious of a new person coming in. But it's just interesting that a paper and a legal document can say, well, now you've adopted this person, your behaviour gets a bit of a green card, a green card rather than cautionary. To be honest, even if they adopted my daughter, I still think I'd be wary and cautious. I'm just talking yeah. about my own personal. Yeah, I, I, it's, the, it's the thing, it is that, that something about biological, but yet we know that biological parents can abuse their kids as well. It's so. Yeah, yeah that's so, true. Yeah. No, and you know, you, you know that there are parents of no blood type can come in and give the child the best experience that they've ever had. And I'm sure there are yeah. parents, not, you know, step parents who have treated the child as they would a biological child, maybe did bedtime hug, hugs and kisses and cuddles and all that type of stuff. And there was nothing, there was never a problem. So there's an element of also being so overcautious because of this stuff that it holds you back from giving a child yeah. love because you're so scared of um, people judging you and doing anything. And actually holding yourself back and implementing all these rules, it's a two-way thing. Sometimes it helps and sometimes the child will feel othered and that will cause a stain, as you said, Auntie Sade, that on that child because she's that child has always felt othered because of this thing and it is what it is. But I mean, you know, precautions. That's but why also, I think it's important for that person to do other things that child. Yeah, of course. But also yeah. other things could maybe still, you know what I mean? You just never know. Make them feel like it could, it could also ain't make them feel special. Yeah, no, no, I'm just yeah. I just think it won't, it will never, there's no kind of like perfect. Yeah, there isn't. There isn't. So, so now, do you know what I mean? Kind of thing. When you're kind of mm -hmm. doing two families together, there's always going to be like some awkwardness. There's always going to be some like maybe fears of rejection or rejection itself do you know what i mean or isolation and that sort of thing there's all that's always going to be the case i just don't know if that like because of that that yeah. this is this is the route you go down do you know yeah. like that's you can you can balance it in other ways I, I can we get some comments but just i was going to say and it's also the responsibility of the biological person in the room the parent in the room to do the lion's share like has to do the most well, yeah absolutely yeah. You're bringing something into the, your child's life. You have to make yeah. sure you compensate your child above and beyond so they don't feel it, at least from your yeah. side. Let's get the last comments and move on. Or okay, so Miss Latang says, exactly the step uh, the stepdaughter may have her own boundaries and not want hugs, etc. He needs to talk to her. And then Okoya says, as a yeah. single parent, I, cho I chose never to bring another man into the mix because the whole thing was, uh, was too huge for me to deal with. Now my son is 18 and out of the home i'm ready for a real relationship it's not an easy negotiation and it goes on to say there is an idea that you could be accused of child abuse when none has happened why we need to look at that why would any child accuse an adult of abuse if there had been none that's kind of the area that i was looking at like it's so now we're at a stage where everything is suspicion it's, it's just a shame it's just really really a shame that you just can't 
be, but also understand it. But it's. But I also think there's a bit of hyper. I don't, I don't even know if it's necessarily the child. It would be necessarily the child accusing of the abuse. Do you know what I mean? It's maybe just like it not looking proper. And maybe we are too. too you know what? No, no, I don't agree with that. I don't no, think I mean, it's not. I think it's just reflective of our society. Our society yeah. is not tolerant of those things, and that's reality. Do you but, know what I mean? But for me, speaking from a personal point of view, it's not about what you people in the room would think. It's about how I would feel and how I'd feel about that connection with my daughter and boundaries again. So it, I, I, I could give two fucking shits about what the outside world thinks. Yeah. It's about how she feels, how she's going to move going outwards and how that's going to, how that's going to, the type but of person that that's going to make her. So it's a thing, but look at, look at what we was talking about last, the other night about Dutch Avelli, yeah? He's, he's actually come out and made a statement. So like people accused him of being a paedophile based on text messages. He went in a room, he went through. She's not saying it. This has been brought out because of text messages. This is not a, a small issue. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not a light issue. It's actually quite serious. And if he is, yeah. if he is or people like him are innocent, every time you Google his name, that's going to come up for yeah. how long? I don't know. Everything is just a ledger at the moment, but it's just the facts that actually we're talking about messages here already serious uh yeah uh, allegations mm. um let's go for, for, for the culture for the culture i don't, don't know what it is but it's for the culture what have we got I, I would say let's start by talking about um anton ferdinand's documentary that came on yesterday sorry auntie nana before you start can i just say this documentary was produced by a very good friend of mine sean i love her to pieces she's she worked with me she's like my mentee so she produced it. She worked really, really hard on it. So I'd be interested to get y'all thought. Right. So it was 2012. John Terry, one of the most prominent footballers in the UK at the time, clearly on the pitch, called Anton Ferdinand. I think he says, you fucking black bastard. No, C-word. And somebody watching, fucking black cunt, one of them, it was actually somebody in the a football fan was the one that went to the police about it to press charges against John Terry for racial abuse. This went to court. Anton Ferdinand didn't say anything at the time. He didn't come out about it. He didn't do any kind of public statements. But John Terry, after going to court, got let off because his defence was that he was regurgitating what he thought he heard somebody saying so he wasn't it was like a question he's asking what you said black cunt kind of thing was his and basically the documentary was Anton Ferdinand really going through the process of healing I guess from having this trial go on and him being vilified as some type of uh how would you describe it? Not like an aggressor, but Traitor. that it was his fault that he was mm -hmm. racially abused. Yeah, his his football career suffered because John Terry went on trial. And it was an interesting documentary. It just highlighted so many parts of like racism in the UK and how it's so, oh, what's the word? 
it's just so like damaging to people because it's like it's nothing like you get brushed to one side like it's not really you don't get the groundswell of everybody being like no that's out of order there's there's not the numbers of black voices to do that for you so you can feel very isolated in this abuse especially for footballers it was interesting but i also felt it was very uh woe is me and i wanted way more strength from him whenever we have black media, like a black program it always positions black people as victims and he played into that quite a lot there was a lot of tears from him and then we didn't have again terry wasn't a part of the documentary he, he didn't want to be a part of it because apparently he's moved on so so should all the black folk i guess it was just very stereotypical of what you would get from a, a, a documentary about racism I was just left feeling like, fuck, this doesn't, this doesn't end. Like I, I watched this and did emotional labor, but I wanted to watch it to see if it would be different. It wasn't. Uh, I feel you and shout out Sean for making a documentary about this. Well done. The, the subject also kind of, I flip-flopped between empathetic because he went through some shit and I think humans going through some stuff and he took the lion's share of the blame when it should have been all on John Terry. I remember all the, I remember all of that. And people, it's that thing like, you know, you support Trump, when the Trump supporters, you support him for the surface stuff. You, you like, people are getting vexed because John Terry is the captain of a football team. Are you all right? You're going to forfeit the fact that you call someone a black cunt because mm. he's a captain of a sports team a game that you have no stake you might have bought your season tickets sure fine but other than that nothing to do with you he called someone out by a racist name he managed he runs a sports team and then you're gonna send bullets to someone's house and threaten someone's family because of what john terry actually was on camera saying and doing and yes because anton admitted that he said something about he said something derogatory to John Terry wasn't about race though, and they had it, it was a heated match, and uh, whatever the case, whatever, whatever, it got heated. Sportsmen, they get heated, it's all that type of stuff. So that's fair. And he held his hands up for the shit that he said to John Terry, but Terry brought race into it, and that's that. Do you know what I found with this documentary? And it's the surprise that these footballers who are the focus of the kind of conversations, you know, in 2020, there's still racism. Yes, of course, there's fucking racism in football. There's been racism in football, and when it hasn't affected you you guys have been playing football you haven't taken the knee you haven't so far as far as i know no british football team has walked off the pitch consistently routinely and stopped playing the game and done something to really try and force change in the way football and football hooligans and football races are dealt with you guys have not walked off the pitch yet so then this surprise oh oh you know it's, there's racism and i just i so i lacked a bit of empathy for him i i felt bad being like this but because you know he said in the moment he's he's his mum passed of cancer during that time especially when they're getting lots of backlash so all the personal hurt and loss that he suffered during that time i don't wish on anyone i feel really bad for him for that but the blind ignorance of the fact that the football is a racist sport supported by racist people managed by racist people and continued by racist people why are you so surprised this i just i, I have this, and it's, yeah. again, you see, they spoke to, um, I can't, sorry, I can't remember her name. The other young lady, she, I think she's a mixed race girl. She plays football and she suffered a racist incident. She, yeah. out. she spoke out. And yet again, black women will claim you, you're mixed race, whether you identify as black or not, 
but you're, you know, in society sees you as black. You spoke out as typically black women do speak out when shit goes wrong. Black men, you tend to, well, not all, but especially in public eye and footballers specifically find it hard until it affects them to make effective change to change the racism of the game and then you, when it happens that's when you speak out so i i'm angry as you can hear i'm a little bit angry with this continuous lack of a, a, a of, of common sense when it comes to footballers and only when it hits them then they're like oh we got to kick it out and all he was saying all the words kick it out we've got to stop this in 2020 it can't still be happening we've been saying this how long has kick it out been around like I don't know. And I'm sure when it was suiting him, you, you know, even his brother um, Rio was like, you know, Terry was like a friend. We used to go out, he's a club, drink, all that type of stuff, go out together. But how many times was little dodgy things said? You know, I just can't believe that never dodgy things have been said. And some of the lads, you know, in banter, or you like, yeah. that, I'm sure, you know what I mean? Like, oh man, I don't trust a footballer. UK footballers, I don't trust you lot at all. So that's my thoughts on the whole of the team. Right. So I didn't watch the documentary, but. Uh... What I, the, my thoughts on footballers, especially black fo footballers, to be honest, uh, apart from Marcus Rashford and Raheem Sterling, they can all just they can all just do one as far as I'm concerned. Like seriously, I'm just I'm just not here for them, really and truly. And this is historically speaking. So even in right, we have Ferdinand. Um, what's the other one? John Barnes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like probably one of the worst kind of thing because I think they actually single-handedly you could probably probably this is my theory probably chase the inaction of black men in Britain to football and how they always put down you know racism to banter or they don't speak out or when do you know what I mean or just ignoring it and or only speaking about it when their career is over like do you know what I mean it's just it's just I, I just can't it's just, they're, they're very they've just been historically just very disappointing very, very, very disappointing. And I, I think we're starting to see a change with um, Marcus and Raheem, definitely. They, they seem to be doing a lot better than what has come before. And I don't know why that is, but I'm grateful for it. What's his name? Terry, he's getting away with it because that's how the institution is set up. Yeah. To be honest. Do you know what I mean? Of course he is. Footballers are going to football matches and they're, they're, they're doing monkey chances, chants and stuff and, and nothing's happening. What do you expect? There's too much money. They get they get paid too much money. There's too much money in that industry for them not to be making a difference. That's that's the problem. It's very frustrating, and it just reinforces this whole. Oh, it's just banter. It's just it's just banter, or take it on the chin, or you know, don't speak out because it's going to affect the team. Annoying. That's what I'll, I'll put. I, I'll use the word annoying. <laughs> it's old news, right? But basically, what's interesting is that he was acquitted but was fined £220,000 and was banned for four months. But he was acquitted because they couldn't prove that he said it. So someone gets off, but you fine him and you ban him for four matches. I mean, what I will say about footballers not speaking out, times were very different. Whilst they absolutely should have spoken out, I do think that time, the time that these guys were playing football you know, socially, and it was a lot different. People didn't really speak up about things for, you know, right or wrongly, but I think there was a lot of pressure on them and fear of what could happen to them in terms of their career if they did say stuff. And a lot of these people had families to support. I'm not okay, excusing yeah. it, 
But I'm saying this is different. Like Marcus Rafford and Ethan, it, it, we're in a different place now. We are absolutely in a different place now. But are we relatively, though? Financially, relatively? Are I we I'm, not, I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about in terms of black people speaking up about wrongdoing. We are totally in a different place now. You've, you, don't, you don't think that we're in a different place, that more black people speak up than they did I mean, in the past? No, what I think, I think that people are selfish. They play to the narrative that suits them. That's what I think. So if they didn't, they didn't want to speak up because uh, they have families. So what you can afford, yeah, do you know what I mean? You but this guy, lost his, but this guy lost his career, effectively. Course, when they do speak up, yeah, you've got people like John Barnes. This is what he stood for. John Barnes is a, is a coconut and he's, and, he's, and he's a coon. We, we've spoken about John Barnes. Like, allegedly, that's what he is, you know. <laughs> we, we've spoken about this so many times, but I will say that times are different. There was a part of them that was selfish about it, but they did have to think about the fact that, shit, it took me a long time to get here. There are more black football players now than there were before. There are more of them. Yeah. They have a lot more power in terms of their contracts and stuff like that and the money that they make than they did than they did before. They do. You, it's you just they're using their power. Whilst I'm not making an excuse for Rio Ferdinand not sticking up for his brother, for Anton Ferdinand not coming out and saying whatever he said, I am saying times are different and it is easier for someone to speak up now. There are so many different platforms for somebody. They can go online and say what they want to say. The ability to do that sort of thing and to reach out to people and have people supporting them and to reach those people who feel and think the same way as they do was not the same in the past. Okay, I would say that maybe uh, six, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, I think getting closer to 90s, 2000s, when there was a lot more conversation, especially when Kick It Out was formed, there was a lot of conversation about racism in football. And not once have these footballers used their, utilised their black, there were, there've been a lot of prominent, very famous, very rich black footballers who didn't speak out about racism and could have come together. There is a selfishness that I agree with Auntie Shadi saying. There is a selfishness. It might have been, we don't, we have a different platform where it's, yes, it's more easy to speak out now, but there was also, we had riots. We had, we've had bricks and riots throughout time. We've had times when black people have galvanized and come together and spoken out about racism. So I don't think necessarily that it was so difficult to speak out when something is affecting people, especially as something like football. I think in I said in isolation. Well, as, I said those times have changed. No, I know that. I'm not I'm let me I know what you're saying. I'm saying that Anton did say that it as an ice it is hard. I'm not going to say it's easy because and that's why I said my empathy flip-flopped. Because being the only black in the room or one of few and then you have got the pressure of your family and the money that you're making all that type of stuff and you just want to play football you're not equipped to speak out and you're not woke all that type of stuff i get the pressure of being the person having to take that shit on your shoulder and speaking out however i do believe throughout the years there have been times when actually there's a selfishness where the guys could have come together as a collective because there's some even with american and sports stars all these type of stuff been said so many times don't play. All the black footballers that are scoring, that are super famous and that we all know that we can drop their names and real come together. Don't play the game for a season. What That has never happened. And I don't think it's been a thing of all these years that it's been difficult for them to speak up. They've just chosen not to. They've chosen money, fame and sport over coming together and effectively pushing change. I think, yes, because even, again, there was a white pundit talking on the documentary and he was like, yeah, you know, we're all learning. Times are different then. I've said a few things and it's always that conversation. Things were different 
things were different back then. We said what we said. And I understand that. But to a certain point, that excuse has to stop. And we can't keep apologizing. But I think you're misinterpreting what I'm saying by saying no, that. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about the document. I'm not even talking to you about you, what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I'm talking in general in response to that. But also to the documentary. There was a white man on that saying, yeah, times are different then. We all spoke a certain way. Da -da -da -da. Now we're learning. And yes, fine, you're learning. But it can't keep being the excuse now. We can't wait for all of you old folks to die before things change. It has to be a thing where enough is enough. You don't know what racism is. You know doing monkey noises, throwing bananas, calling out the blacks on this, even for the point where this little mixed race girl who's playing football, she, she and she's very light. You you can barely so you're literally just because she's got a strip of drip of melanin in her, you're calling you're doing monkey noises on on about for it's enough now. I just think there's been a cop out with black footballers. As far as I'm concerned, it was harder back then, but it, there was times when there was a lot of support for them when things happened and they could have taken that and they chose not to. And I just don't think it's as easy to say that times were different. I think that people also don't understand the contracts that these people are tied into. Of course. I think people don't. That's what, that's what I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they shouldn't speak up. I'm not going to sit here and make out like these people shouldn't speak up. I, I am going to say that these people are tied into some serious contracts. Do you think that these people could get away, little old them could get away with saying, you know, I'm not going to play today. I'm not going to play until the, until you lot stand up. I don't think they could have done that in those days. Their contracts weren't 100% beneficial. What are you saying? No, no, no. It's not even about the days. It's not about the days. They, they have such a high number of players to pick from who are very talented you can decide the type of personality that you want to work with. It really doesn't matter about talent with footballers. There's so many, there's so many kids who set their sights on this, especially with the black talent and the working class. They're picking people who are moldable, who will fit into the status quo. There's, there's a, and that's why their wives are a certain type as well. You're molding a whole industry where people are manipulated. And, Really, it's not even, like, I don't expect, I expected very little from the Ferdinands. To get that high up in football, to me, it's like, oh, they know what you guys are going to tolerate. They know that it's going to take Anton eight years, 10, 20 years before he even speaks about it. You had John Barnes just beginning to speak about it, but is he still not a coconut? That is, they know, they know the market, they know the guy. What's different with Marcus and then um, Raheem then? What's, what, what do you think is, has, has made the change? Have they got black girlfriends, black wives? Um, um, Raheem does, Raheem, yeah. Raheem does, but you see how Raheem doesn't talk. Yeah, he doesn't. He's a doer. So really he's just, a, I, I imagine his friends know him to thoroughly believe in black love. I think you see that with him. But is he going to be taking a knee? Is he going to speak up on well, something? Sorry, sorry, guys. I don't have the fact exact thing. But at the beginning of this COVID season, when he was painting doors, the footballers were taking a knee. That is that I definitely saw that. that they were yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I don't want to say they weren't. They, they you know what? The whole thing with the knee thing, I think, is all a part yeah. of the same shit anyway. So I'll leave that to one side. But... <laughs> In terms of actually speaking up or taking a stand, when they go somewhere and people are doing monkey noises, they're still going to play. And they know that these guys are still going to play. They know that they're not going to do mass action and be like, look, no, we're leaving. They know that flipping um, 
their white counterparts are going to be paid more than them and they're going to accept this. Like they, they know who they're picking. They have such a wide range of players to pick from. So it's, it's a, a certain type of footballer that gets to the heights, that gets to play for England, especially, or gets to play in the Premiership. It's, it's not by coincidence, it's by design. So, first of all, we've got to wrap up and let's get some comments. There's loads of comments. And secondly, then should we just ignore it and watch the documentary? Oh, that was nice. And just ignore football and just let it get run because there's like no, absolutely not. I think yeah, these conversations need to be had. Yeah, yeah. That's the only way that you can pr promote change, isn't it? By having these conversations. I hear you in theory, but I'm just like, why are we having this conversation? This conversation <laughs> needs to be had. But do you know what I mean? To a certain extent, we're not we're not the ones that are going to affect the change. It's the um, the football association that's going to affect the change. Like at the end of the day, and like that's what I was saying. Like. There's too much money in this industry for them not to be able to solve this. There's too much money. Do you know what I mean? They get a ridiculous amount of money. It's is is it's a farce, as yeah. Aunt Anna would say. Yeah, yeah. Like Aunt Anna yeah. said, the but problem yeah. is they have too many people to pick from. Yeah. So they solve their problems by how they pick people. Could go in stealth, innit? Like let's say one of my boys really wanted to be a footballer you can like guide the person to be like look this is how it goes like maybe you need to infiltrate and then you switch it up and you you can like if you really want to infiltrate and change things maybe you would do that maybe seeing these things and actually getting clued up you could maybe try and maneuver if your child really wanted to be a part of this maybe i wouldn't personally i think life's too short but maybe just watching it can enlighten some people. Maybe watching it does do something. Definitely watching it made me think how disgusting colorism is, that it plagues our community, that we have these separation lines between us because when they're on the pitch, they're called monkeys, like a dark skinned person is gonna be called a monkey. And sometimes seeing that in action makes me, it, it, if anything, it just makes me more sad that as the black community, we are still so fractured within ourselves that really our solidarity we, we need to be working on that so i'm not even watching what the, the white people are up to really i was watching it more like as black folk when shit goes down we need to have our community activism in place so that we could have caught anton and so he didn't yes. feel so alone like other people could have got him and been like dude come here like th those were the things that I was watching, thinking, okay, we need more arms to catch people when they're when they're out there, so that they don't feel like I've got to be a part of this FIFA racist organization, and then they spit me out anyway. And because you see that his wife was like, she didn't want him to have, didn't want to talk about it, and I was thinking, <laughs> let's go to the comments. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Beverly says, complaining about the perpetrators to the perpetrators don't make any sense. Ronald says, Colin Kaepernick, the first black professional American football player uh, to take the knee, knee, still doesn't have a job. For so, real. <laughs> uh, Red Border says, 100% anti-AK, Ari speaking up. Beverly says, I think it's their bread and butter before anything else. They suck it up. Angie Grant says, preach Farah. 70s and 80s, it was much harder to speak out and goes on to say, also London versus the rest of the UK is very different when tackling racism, fair point. Beverly says they like to explain away their evils. Ronald said this discussion, this discussion and the discussion about 
the stepfather are why I watch you ladies, thoughtful and intelligent. Oh, <laughs> and and cool for us. <laughs> <Isn't it? laughs> um, and Angie says, so we need more black people in positions to make uh, choices and change within the FA. And only, the only if they're black folk with black blood, <laughs> because with black blood, okay, you know, like black, black being blackity black. That's all. Well, I don't mean black. I don't mean actual physical. <laughs> black I forgot like linguistics. I'm just talking about black, a proper black person, not something that's so susceptible. Yeah, my God, you don't really took me literally. I don't black mean blood. like why is black blood bad though. <laughs> Why do you not react to black blood, no fam? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, thank you, Beverly. No coconuts. No coconuts. This ain't a black issue. I, I guess with most things, this ain't a black issue. Yeah, it's not. I think that what they should do, that what they should be is they, they should be fined massively. Footballers get fined if they're late. Do you know what I mean? They get fined yeah. on their phone, they get they get fined like 20 grand. Hundred grand for minor, like things that we consider minor. So they've got the money. Find them. Find a billion. It gets, it gets wiped yeah. off if you're yeah. tolerating racism at your games. Or Do you know what I mean? Yeah, some way it affects that you can't play for a year or something like. So yeah. Or you, it really. But it's not even footballers, but also the people. Anyway, we can go on. We have to go the on. FA is corrupt as hell. Of course, it is. The whole bunch of white boys. The FA is hell. <laughs> it's just yeah. like the FA is so corrupt. Can you imagine how toxic he is there to work? There. Imagine. Like, they, they had, sorry, on the documentary, they had spoke to Dame Heather Rabatz, and she's a mixed-race woman who looked very white, and she came in as the head of the, can't remember her role, I shouldn't... Diversity? No, 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 no. She actually was in a position sorry. of... Diversity, position of power. She's um, serious, but anyway, I can't remember her title, so it's not worth me bringing her up, but she was in there, and she experienced and heard a bunch of things as well. Met her in real life. She's a formidable woman. Okay. But anyway... What made you guys? Well, that was for the culture. That was good. Um, what's made you guys sad, mad, and glad this week? So, what's made me sad is that I've fallen back into my ice trap. You guys, those who know me know I love to eat ice, and it's not oh really. God, really, in this cold. But no, but my house is not. My I flat isn't. Have no words for you. Okay, but okay. But what's made me extra sad? Because one, I have to stop. I've got one more bottle, and I'm going to finish it. I've just discovered that freezing fizzy water gives the best textured ice ever. Oh my God. Oh, I, you see it's gonna blow up in the fridge, in the no, freezer. No, it, well, this is the thing. So <laughs> I shook one and I opened it and all the ice went everywhere. It was fantastic. However, the texture of the ice is like this soft, crunchy thing that I really, it's like the perfect texture of ice, which I like. We bought um, fizzy water for my daughter because she wasn't feeling well this week. So I we thought, try some fizzy water she felt super nauseous and we had them just sitting and i thought hmm, i wonder what that would be like and i tried it and i froze a little bottle of fizzy water and it's fantastic and i'm really sad that i've discovered this because one i have to give it up and two i just re really need ice to not exist for a little while so i get a handle on my shit. um i'm mad because i've got new door handles on crappy doors and the toilet handle keeps falling off because there's so many holes we've done tried to do it so many times it's like literally doesn't work and the handle keeps hand falling off I keep locking myself and trapping myself in the toilet and it's annoying. <laughs> so that's making me mad this week. And I'm very, very glad. I'm going to be really annoying. I've got some good news, but I can't say, but I'm really glad about it. That's it. Instead of just keeping that good news to yourself, you know. Yeah, but I'm just smiling about it. Can you just hint? Sorry, can I hint? Um, yeah. Things. 
are gonna get better. The Labour Party. Get better, baby. That's you're, doing the the party. you're doing the Labour Party. You know Tony Blair? Yeah, I'm going to be a politician. I'm literally... Sounds like, sounds like money. <laughs> yeah, money, I'd say. Whatever you've got, just remember my 10%. <laughs> of course, Auntie Farah, 10% of... <laughs> Ice investment, yay! Okay, I'll go next. So I am mad that it is so flipping freezing cold. I just can't bear it. I literally, I cannot bear it. It's awful at the moment. I go out, it's cold. I'm in my house, I'm cold. I put my heating on all day. My electricity and gas bill came. I ignored it because I don't want to see what it looks like. Just take it out of my bank. I don't want to see what it is. Like, it's scary. It's I'm so cold. I'm, I'm sad that it's so dark when I wake up in the morning. It's pitch black. I just don't like this time of year. It annoys me. I'm glad that it's nearly Christmas, but I'm equally mad that I have to put my Christmas tree up and my daughter keeps asking me when we're going to do it. I don't get people that have done it from, like, November. That's for sure. Done? What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> Where's she's up? Oh, certainly. You want to come and do mine? If you like that type of thing, get me. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, didn't do my own. Yeah. I don't like trees either. Boring. I feel like I've got to buy a new tree because my daughter's got really tall. So um, last year when I put the tree up, I was like, you look a bit too close to that tree. So now I feel like, chats, man, I've got to buy a new tree. I can't be bothered. I don't want to do it. I just <laughs> want to it. You know those trees that you take out of the box and they're just done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do that. Just, like, pull it out, it's just done. I, I don't have space for a tree. I don't have space for a tree. Not everyone. I'm not really sad at anything, you know really um have i been mad this week i think you know what i was mad listening to kevin hart in the clubhouse oh yes like, chatting to the woman that was just annoying you know when you have those black men that are like i know how to like I i'm intelligent like he has that kind of arrogance about him like he's asking her questions and then he's being like, I know the answer, like I'm really intelligent type of thing. And Kevin Hart, yeah, he just annoys me. Like, but I do find him funny sometimes. He got me a bit mad because I wanted her to just tell him to shut up. Give the backstory because I don't, not everyone know, will know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. So Kevin Hart has a new um, stand up on Netflix called Zero Fucks Given. It's not funny. And people told him that it's not funny. And they were talking about it on Clubhouse, which is a new app that's a voice app. He went on there and listened to people and started challenging them on their opinion. Sorry, sorry to interject. The room was called, is Kevin Hart funny? Yeah, it should have just been no. <laughs> the exclamation mark, because he's not anymore. But yeah, it's just like, it's just he annoys me. And that was maddening, listening to the voice, the voicemails and the men caping for him getting called out for caping for him and being like, I ain't fucking caping for it. Like, literally, I just wanted somebody to be like, fuck all of you, bun all of you. Just gun them. Like, what? somebody to go off. And nobody really did. I wanted it to get really ghetto. And it didn't. And so that got me even more mad. I was like, where is that girl that's ready to pull off her nails and take out her earrings and just gun everybody in here? But it didn't happen. Um, so that kind of made me a little bit mad. And I'm super glad... I have so much to be thankful for. So I'm just like full of gratitude at this moment. Black Friday, Cyber Monday was just like a huge success for me. So yeah, I'm I'm happy. It's gonna be a good, a good Christmas. 
I will treat my family. And add to my glad that because we're now definitely certified related, yeah. I included in the family present getting. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, everybody's <laughs> getting a, a present. Everyone's getting a jumper. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually mad that you guys are not all on Clubhouse. It's really annoying that you're Sorry. just not there kind of thing. And I think we need to make this a priority that we get. I did, I did join. Yeah, I can't. I can't and see me you. too. I haven't done it properly. you're good. You're there. You're 100% in. Not even on her phone. Doesn't matter. She's there. Oh, right, I'll do it. I, I downloaded no? the Take the hint. I have downloaded the app. When I get off, when we finish here, I will do the thing. Okay? And then you need to talk me through it. I'm mad that I'm slightly going to have to get an iPhone if this is the thing, which is... Damn right. No, 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 no. We'll be able to do it online soon. You won't need your iPhone. Exactly. Anyway, go ahead. But yeah, so I'm mad about that. Um, I'm sad. <laughs> yeah, I've got a cat called Honey. And uh, Sir Honey Huntington, that's his real name, his full name. Um, and uh, where I live, he, he doesn't get a lot of outside space. I felt bad, so I took him... I took him, I got a harness for him and took it outside because I wanted to take him for a walk. And, uh, <laughs> yes, I wanted to take him out for a walk. And, and he didn't like it, so I'm sad. I'm sad. Okay. I wanted him to like it so bad. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I've got to ask a question. So you can try and walk a cat on a lead? You can walk yeah, a cat on a lead, yeah. You walked, you, you, you took your cat for a walk? What's so funny for <laughs> It's the idea, it's the image. It's yeah. the image of the cat on the leash. So you don't think I've got a cat first of all, yeah. Apparently yeah. I don't look like a cat person, but... <laughs> your cat's nice. Yeah. It's just the image of your cat. I feel like I needed video footage of this because yeah. that's hilarious. I, I thought you were going to say you had it in the box and then you took it oh, downstairs and let it out. You need to run around, do you know what I mean, to get lost and whatever, all that kind of stuff. But he didn't really like it. He didn't really like it. So I'm going to try another couple of times, but I thought he would be like, yay, but he really he really wasn't. And <laughs> sorry, then, sorry, sorry, just um, one more. What, what does the cat do to refuse? Like, what, what did the cat do where you know? <laughs> so they can just, like, <laughs> just not move. They just refuse oh. to move. Oh, we drag. Well, they, well, you know when you drag an animal, it's just like that. The first time I've done it, though, I, <laughs> he was being—he was being one of his typical cats, just like falling onto the side, <laughs> pretending he can't walk. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, kids, you know when kids don't want to go out like, and then oh. into the ground like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm not moving. <laughs> Oh, that is the funniest thing. Oh, when you needed to film that, man. That's, um, yeah, I will, I will. I'll, I'll do it next time. Um, and then I'm glad also for Black Friday and we launched NSS, Natural Style Story Store, so that was cool. Um, Everyday Friday done well. And Christmas is coming as well. I'm so excited. I love Christmas time. So, yeah, I'm just generally happy. Yes. Can we get some comments, please, before we go? Oh, before I go. Oh, gosh. There's so many. Let's see. Okay, there's lots about ice. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas says ice textures. Ronald, sorry. Ronald ice textures a thing. Ice texture. Yeah. Uh, Bemi says, Auntie AK, are you having a personal summer? The ice, but leave ice alone. I know. You've got to leave ice alone. I know. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Check to see if you have deficiencies. Yes. Yeah, I know, I know. Yes. Like yes. I. Someone else said that. Yeah. Uh, That's why you should leave it. 
Exactly. Chloe says, I hate people who can't say. see you anyway we'll fight <laughs> but you know for real though keep that shit to yourself next time no i, I get it but i was just I was bursting out the seams and i did preempt i'm gonna be annoying i can't talk about it but i'm very yeah. happy that's my news and I'm give us like a little like and i did i said i've got investment in an ice company and it's gonna come good next week <sighs> oh okay i didn't hear that okay, okay. thanks so the Red Bull says, glad for my Black Friday Love Yaya purchases. Ease up on me. I'm making stuff. So it will probably be a week because there's a lot of orders. So I will get that to you. Imagine. Beverly says, Auntie Nana has, has a dirty mouth. Oh, so, I do not. I don't, know what. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. I never swear. <laughs> what does your mouth say? Put oh. <laughs> is that you tell kids? <laughs> Angie says, I feel old. I've never heard of Clubhouse. Well, Angie, is this oh, great new platform? Auntie, <laughs> Auntie, 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 yeah, she's I, I think that's what's happening. I might get shares. You, like, you have to understand, like early adopting, early adopting. You have to adopt early to these platforms to grow your following. And in about five years, you reap the three to five years, you reap the benefits. So it's best to get on now, while it's not in the public domain mm -hmm. right now. It's not public, so let's do it, guys. Info for everybody, Clubhouse. No, really, like there's so many possibilities for promoting there. I must say, I did when I went in. I was like, "Oh, this is good. I actually quite freaking like this." But I have to wait for my daughter to be around and not on her phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's real yeah. auntie moves right there, isn't it? Oh no! Come, on. Come give me your phone. <laughs> we went into side. I'd be like, "Mummy, what the?" F <laughs> when you get your investment from the ice fund, just yeah. go buy an old iPhone. Yeah, no, I'm gonna buy a new one. I'm literally gonna just stand there. Can we go? I did tell you. I'll yeah. get out. Thank you, thank you. Claire wants to see my cat. That's cool. I'll I'll, I'll post a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see your cat on the leash. That's what I need to see. At least you're not having it on the harness like a baby harness. I mean, no, but I wish I did. Honestly. <laughs> Oh my god. Let's go. Let's 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 not do this. <laughs> no, but the thing is you gotta remember like cats, yeah. When they're scared, like when there was an owner, they 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 climb up you like a tree. Do you know what I mean? If you have like a heart, it's easier because then they're close to you, they feel safe, da da da. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my word. Wow. Um, okay. You uh, Beverly said hit her up with some homemade Christmas goodies. Beverly, drop your links yeah. in the comments and people can. Homemade cookie, homemade Christmas goodies. Does what does that mean? Please, it means that I can pretend that I did them. <laughs> uh, they, it sounds like are they relaxing? Homemade Christmas goodies. What's what that? Are you <laughs> I'm <laughs> my, tea, my tea innocent for this. What's, what's happening? Yeah, I don't even know what she's talking about. <laughs> Special cookies. Oh, okay. uh, Beverly, we're interested anyway. <laughs> 
That's all I'm saying. All right. So quickly, before we have to go, on my hit list is T.I. Very short, simple. I'm sure everyone's hit list. He gets on my nerves. Can't take him. I need him to go. Go go. take a walk, a long walk, not in the park, definitely after dark, up a hill, over a mountain, go oh. far away, recollect your thoughts, really think about humanity, life, and society, and what your point is on this earth, and then come back, and hopefully you Expeditiously. <laughs> I fucking, I really freaking hate that he's become a, a, a prison scholar. Like, he's making a mockery of the people that go to prison and come out learned, and mm -hmm. he come out and destroyed that whole thing. T.I. is on my hit list. Get out of here, man. Get out of here. But T.I. isn't really, like, T.I. Is, is, like, almost smart. Like, he's yeah, almost you. there, but not really. Not yeah. really. It's that fake that he's run amok with the word expeditious. And now people, I actually had a friend say, oh, you know, T.I. is really intelligent. And then when I broke it down, she's like, oh, shit, I got, blind, I got brainwashed. It's a quick, and it didn't even take me two seconds to explain why he's not intelligent. And that's how annoying T.I. is, that people <laughs> believe he's intelligent. And it takes one second to break down why he's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Beverly saying cakes, drink, sauces, see? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, cakes, yeah? All right. So stop yeah. listening to women's business, you know? She never said that she does them things. She <laughs> said she does cakes, drinks, sauces. Okay, you're adding elements to her business. <laughs> let's talk, Beverly, let's talk. Um, okay, guys, that was your auntie's good never. Thank you for um, joining us. Um, we'll be back next week, 5 p.m. And if you've missed our auntie's after dark that happened on Sunday, it's available to watch on YouTube. And if you just scroll a few bits back into our Facebook page. You'll see it there. We were talking about toxic masculinity. Had a grand old time. Um, we'll be back next month talking about black love. Black love will be our thing next month. Last Sunday of the month is when we're doing them, and but you'll get fair warning. And that's it. The next week, we're turning 40. We expect yeah. presents. Beverly, I beg you, I'll DM you my address. I want cakes, drinks, sauces, and plenty of stuff, please, for my <laughs> birthday. Thank you very much, guys. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.